Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. I'm Michael, and today I am joined by a very, very dear friend and special guest, my dear friend, Olivia. How the hell are you today? I'm doing fantastic now that I'm here with you. How are you? I'm really good. As you can tell, um, we can see each other right now, and I'm very, very excited. I have like a smile from like ear to ear right now because you and I have been planning this episode for, oh my gosh, like the last five, six months now that we've known mm-hmm. each other. Um, yeah, so I'm very, very excited. It finally, the day has finally arrived. You and I get to finally do an episode together, and so freaking excited. So um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. I feel like I'm recording with a famous person. Oh, uh, this please. Is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm famous, but thank you. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> of course. Um, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, where they can find you on Instagram and all that stuff? Sure thing. So I started my Instagram, I think like mid-December, maybe. Um, it's called Watch with Olivia, if any of you guys want to follow me. Um, so I basically just started this because, you know, COVID times I was watching so many movies and I feel like I was talking about it so much and I'm like, who can I share this information with? Because I feel like I have some good opinions. So I was like, you know what? I'll just start an Instagram. Um, one of my best friends, she has like a food review Instagram. Um, so she totally like inspired me for it and it's been so much fun. So basically I just watch movies and then I post like a little, like, um, I don't know, like a little image type thing and a little swipe. And then I do like this whole review. I usually only review movies that I like. I've had people been like, oh, what about bad movies? Like you're, everything's always greater than a seven. But I'm like, oh, you know what? I like the positivity. I don't want to put uh, movies on that I don't like. And usually if I don't like a movie, I stop watching it anyways. <laughs> right, <So>. right. <laughs> Cute little fun review page, you know. I post a couple times a week. Um, and this is where me and Michael met. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember what we started DMing about, but it's just like instant connection, literally. Oh, literally, like it was like insane. Actually, I wanted to talk about that because, um, well, first I want to gush about your um Instagram page for a second because (gasps) you do such a good job with your reviews. Like, you take so much time and effort to like do each post, and I just really, really love your um your take on films like in general like you can definitely tell you have a love of film and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I dm'd you well first and foremost I dm'd you because I was like this girl has like an insane like movie knowledge so I need to get her on my podcast so that was like that was like the biggest like that was one of the biggest things for me and then like just to find out that on top of that you're just like the most one of the most amazing genuine people I've ever met in my entire life and it's insane because like the first time we ever like Zoom called with each other to set up a time and a date, it was like we had been friends for years. It was insane. Uh, that instant connection. Yeah. Legit. <laughs> and then like we we started talking on the phone and stuff and we honestly started talking about like moving in together. <laughs> which is like, which is so awesome because it's like we've never met each other in person before, but we're like, oh my God, that'd be so fun if we were roommates. Let's do it. Let's just move to California and be roommates. So Let's it's, just do it, legit. <laughs> yeah, so it's just been so amazing getting to know you over like the past like half a year. I think we've only known each other for like six months now. I know, right? but it literally feels like so much longer. <laughs> feels like forever, yeah. And so I'm just so incredibly grateful that I met you. And I know I say that to you a lot, but... <laughs> We always hear each other. We're like, I'm, I'm obsessed with you. I love you so much. <laughs> Lots so of love. It's so nice of you to say all those things. <laughs> <sighs> yes. 
But uh, yeah, everybody, please go check out Watch with Olivia. Your page is amazing. You just, I can't talk highly enough about you. Like I could spend, I could spend this entire episode just gushing <laughs> about you, but. <laughs> I'm literally blushing. Oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> and course. your podcasts are so dope. Like I said, when I texted you this morning, I was just listening to the Conjuring one. Um, it's like, you feel like you're just in conversation with whoever you're doing the podcast with. It just feels so natural. And it's like goes so in depth but not like too in depth that it's like you know what I mean like if yeah. you are like an avid film goer that you would be confused um I love it so much it's so refreshing and different you know thank you I appreciate that because yeah um it's just when I started this podcast a year ago I never knew I would meet so many amazing people through it so you being one of them obviously so I'm just yeah <laughs> lots of love for you today Olivia and love. always so <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, yeah, before we get into the movie discussion, do you want to get into the five question horror round? Yes. Okay. So five since you are, right here. Ooh, me too. <laughs> so ready for it. Um, and since you are the guest of honor today, I'm going to let you ask the first question. Okay. Hmm. What do I want to ask you first? I know I have my list of questions and I was like, in what order do I want to do this? Yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe actually, I like this one. I don't know if you've answered this question on one of your episodes before. I can't remember, but I had to ask you, what was the first horror movie you ever remember seeing? Okay. Um, so the first horror movie, well, yeah. So I'm going to say the ring because that was the first horror movie my parents ever let me watch, um, yeah, like nice. all the way through. Cause I had seen like little tidbits of horror movies here and there from just watching my dad, like watch them on tv and just me kind of like peeking <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to like peek and, yeah yeah and it's bitten me in the ass a couple of times because there's just specific um scenes in horror movies that are burned into my brain forever because they traumatized me as a child <laughs> so but yeah the ring was uh the ring was my first um film that I watched but it wasn't necessarily like my I don't know I guess it wasn't my inter it was my introduction to horror but it wasn't what made me love horror it wasn't like your I know what you mean it wasn't your intro to horror. Yes. It was like, yeah. <laughs> and and funny enough, it was actually the Grudge remake that got me into <laughs> completely into horror. So scary. I remember seeing that like seventh grade. I was so scared. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Have you watched it since then? I haven't. No, honestly, oh. wow, I really haven't. <laughs> Girl, we need to. Oh, okay. Next time we have a watch party, we're, we're gonna watch that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But yeah. So. Good question, Olivia. I love it. Okay, so my first question is, how long do you think you would survive in a horror movie? Oh my gosh. That's a really good question. So I'm like the type of person, it doesn't seem like it, but you know how whenever you watch a horror movie, they hear a noise and they go investigate? That's me. That is so me. (laughs) Me and my mom are the same way. We hear something in the attic, we're like, what's that? So we go upstairs and we go find out. (laughs) So honestly... I feel like I would get to that point and then I'd be so scared. I wouldn't be able to fend for myself. So I wouldn't last very long. Damn. So you, so you're saying you'd be like that. Uh, you'd be the opening scene girl that mm-hmm. dies in the opening. Oh, okay. Yeah, See, she I, gets I, a little too curious and then she's just gone. Curiosity <laughs> kills the cat. They say yep. so. <laughs> I mean, I always pegged you for a final girl myself, but. Oh, oh, I love that. That makes me feel way stronger. Yeah. I think you could be a final girl. I, mm-hmm. I have faith in you, Olivia. Okay. I love that for me. Yeah. I, I have faith that you, even if you'd go check out the weird noise, you'd still survive. So okay. I still, <laughs> I love that. And what about you? What do you think? I think that you last till the end. Of course. Um, yeah, not to toot my own horn, but I think I, <laughs> I, I, I think I would too. But then again, I'm like, 
I don't know. Cause you have to put yourself in that situation. It's like, what would you do if you were like being chased down by a maniac with an ax or a chainsaw or something like that? It's like, I don't know, one little slip up and you could die. So it's like, you have to be very, I don't know. You have to be very you have skills. And I think that you have them. Well, I think you have them too. So, <laughs> Hey, we'd make a good team. I it's think we true. would, be, I think we would be final girls, plural. Not final girl, but final girls. Let's do that. (laughs) I love love that dress. Me too. (laughs) Let's let's make that a thing. Hashtag final girls. There we go. Oh my gosh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, What's your next question, Olivia? My next one. Okay, so I said that was the best one, and then okay, so you kind of already told me this that you went to the Shining Hotel. I did. Yeah. What is the other haunted place that you're dying to go to? Oh my gosh. Um, I really, really want to, um, there's two places that I really, really want to visit. Um, one that I probably will never be able to visit because it's not like a museum or like a place where people are allowed to visit, but mm-hmm. I would love to visit the Amityville house. Oh, true. Is that up here in the Northeast? Uh, yeah, it's, um, it in Long Island actually. So you're pretty close to it. You're not too far away. Um, and then I would also love to visit the Velisca Axe Murder House. But that's more of a museum. Have you not heard of that? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. So a little bit of a true crime story here for the listeners and for you for a second. Um, so back in 1912, a family, an entire family was murdered by like an unknown assailant that like hit, they think that they hit the person that did it hid in their attic for like days. And uh, one night they just, he decided to just systematically murder them all with an ax. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really scary. And now yeah. apparently, yeah. So now apparently the house is like uber haunted and oh, wow. it's like a museum and you can actually stay the night there, I think. Oh, kind of like the Lizzie Borden house. In uh-huh. oh, yep. Okay. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> actually the third one that I'd like to visit is the Waverly Hills Sanitarium as well where the tuberculosis people stayed because mm-hmm. that place looks scary as hell. Oh, that's spooky as fuck. What oh, about my, you? My dog has come to visit. Um, oh. I think definitely, so maybe she'll come around the corner. I don't know what she's doing. Um, <laughs> definitely the Shining Hotel. And you said it's in Colorado, right? It is, yeah. That's like number one. Oh my gosh. I can't well, believe you went there. That's amazing. I know. Um, my parents took me there for my, I think it was my 17th or 18th birthday. They surprised me actually. So they, we were driving up there and I was like, where are we going? And um, we got there and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we surprised. <laughs> so we got the whole ghost tour and all that stuff. And That's a bunch awesome. of, yeah. And a bunch of weird stuff happened while we were on the tour too. So it was crazy. Spooky. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. Um but yeah, when you come down to visit, we'll have to take mm-hmm. a trip to Colorado because I think Colorado, not far away, right? Denver, I think is like an eight hour drive from here. Okay, so very doable. it's not too bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd get there in like less than a day. We'd uh, be able to spend the day there and then we could come back the next day. So wouldn't be I too much. All I right. Know. Look at us making plans. <laughs> I know. <laughs> planning on living <laughs> together. We're planning on doing all these trips together. It's going to be a blast. I'm excited. It'll be it really is <sighs> all right so my second question to you what is the scariest film you've ever seen and why did it affect you so much Ooh, that's a good one scariest movie i've ever seen hmm. i don't know why but i want to say the first conjuring really yeah i mean i love it so much 
maybe that's why or maybe even like one of the like the first or second insidious like really 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 scared me yeah yeah and why did it affect you so much I don't know I think the conjuring maybe because like I don't know stuff in the northeast is like always super spooky and like super colonial oh and now that I say colonial the witch oh yeah yeah yeah. that movie too so I feel like stuff from like even older, like 1800s and then like back early, like 1600s, like when it gets into like spooky religious stuff, like it gets like so eerie and like kind of feels like it could be real, kind of like the nun, but not really. But I think The Conjuring, that's just like my favorite scary movie of all time. So I don't think it's the scariest, but I think it affected me the most because I loved it so much and it could be so real, you know? Yeah. I see your dog behind you. Yep. You see her up there? (laughs) Yep. Oh, hi. <laughs> I was like, there's something behind you, Olivia. <laughs> Speaking of scary things, there's something behind you, but it's just your dog. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's, yeah, that, um, because in the Conjuring episode, we talked about how, like, it got an R rating just for being scary. So I can understand why that movie would have scared the living crap out of you. And what's yours? I mean, it scared me the first time, too. So, right. <laughs> All right. Question number three for me, Olivia. Hit me with it. Okay. Okay, so if there's one franchise that you had to watch for the rest of your life, you couldn't watch any other movies. This is the only franchise. What would it be? The horror movies, I mean. Oh, jeez. As bad as I want to say the Grudge franchise, that one's out just because the only, I don't know, I guess, I feel like there's only like a couple of good movies in that franchise, so... That one's out, unfortunately. I don't know. It's it's a toss-up between the Final Destination films or the Scream films. Oh, okay. I love that. I love yeah. That. So I think I'm going to go with the Scream films. I love that. That's a good yeah. choice. Yeah. Just because, like, even, even, like, Scream 3, like, it's the weakest in the franchise, obviously, but I still love it. Like, I love all the movies. Like, the, the Scream film the scream franchise is just a solid franchise in my opinion yeah what about you um the conjuring i'm just so biased with the conjuring i love it so much i actually have never seen the nun because it like didn't get great reviews i just like need to watch it i need someone to watch it with you um but i love annabelle love conjuring i just feel like the story is just so good and like the sequels like don't get worse you know right yeah well then there's a third one that's coming out soon so For that. I know. <laughs> well, hopefully, though. Theaters. I know that's what I was just gonna say. I was like, hopefully they open theaters up and they open up travel because if they open up travel, I could come visit you or you could come yeah. visit me and we could go see it together in the theater. Mm-hmm. And we can go to like a cool movie theater, like one in Boston or something. <gasps> super nice. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> All right. So, question number three: If you had to be the protagonist in any horror film, who would you choose and why? Honestly, I know we're going to talk about Hereditary, but yeah. I loved how Alex Wolf made it all the way to the end, and then whatever we'll get into what happens with him. But I yeah. just I love that so much. So Alex Wolf? Yeah, I think oh. Alex Wolf because he like I feel like he just got to like his shit rock through that whole movie. Like oh, he did. Monster totally haunted was always crying he was crying so much oh yeah <laughs> mom screaming at him and then all of a sudden he is now the king, king. Of hell. king <laughs> yep <laughs> king payment king <laughs> great answer i right? love that what about you Ooh. hmm 
I would love to, I would love to either be Sydney Prescott, which is, I feel like it's just the typical answer or, but then I wouldn't want to be Sydney Prescott either because then I'm like, all my friends around me just die like all the time. Like anybody that I, yeah, my family, my friends, like, and I've got family that are in on it as well that end up like trying to kill me. So it's like, I don't know if I'd want to be Sydney Prescott. I mean, she's a badass, but I don't know. Badass, but sad, you know? Yeah. I think Aaron from your next I have to pick. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Cause she's like I resourceful. She's smart. She's mm-hmm. kick ass. She knows how to, she's very good at hand to hand combat, all that kind of stuff. So I'd, I'd have that to pick. True. Yep. I'd have to pick Aaron from your next for sure. I love that. I love yeah. that. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I loved your answer too. <laughs> and you know me, I love Alex Wolf. So anytime yes. I can identify with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So What's the absolute worst horror movie you've ever seen? Oh gosh. The absolute worst. I have a a really weird one. After you're done with your answer, I can share. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Hmm. Damn, there's a few stinkers. Mm -hmm. I would probably have to say The Grudge from 2020 if I'm being completely. Yeah, because it's like I watch I watch films and I try to like find like good things to say about every film, like even if they're not good. Mm-hmm. And the grudge from 2020 was just not good at all. It was mm-hmm. so disappointing, so like boring. I sat there and I was just like, when is this movie going to end? <laughs> and it was just a miserable experience because it was like, for me, I had had so many high expectations for it because mm-hmm. as everybody knows by now <laughs> that has followed <laughs> along with my podcast for how many, however long knows that the grudge is like my, one of my favorite horror movies. Um, So like, when I saw the trailer for this new grudge film, I was like, Oh my gosh, it looks so good. Like it looks actually legitly like well-made and it was well-made. I will give it that. Like it's a nice looking film, but like I got excited because I saw the actors that were in it, like Lynn Shay's in it, Mm -hmm. um, John Cho's in it. So I was like, okay, so this has to be a pretty good movie. Like it's got some good people in it. And I went and watched it and I was like, no. (laughs) Damn. Of course I didn't see it. Because I haven't even seen the 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 regular Grudge since what like seventh grade, so I've not seen the remake. So I'm not going to. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> Sounds like trash to me. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, the the one redeeming quality to it was the opening scene, and that was like the first like minute and a half of the movie, and then the and rest then it was of it over. was yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. We hate <laughs> so, that. <laughs> yeah. What about you? So this is like the worst movie I've ever seen, like ever. Um, This is me and my friend. We were like, I think we were in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. We had when video stores were still open. Um, We have one right in the center of our town. And we're like, oh, let's go pick a random movie. It's called The Ginger Dead Man. Oh, God. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like, I don't even know. I like need to look up something online. It was so horrendous and so funny. It was about like a killer gingerbread man. Super (laughs) gory. I couldn't believe how gory it was. Yeah, doesn't it have uh, Gary Busey in it? Isn't yes, it the one? Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. Those weird, weird movies. Oh my gosh, so funny! Worst movie ever. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, the um the horror movie crew, my friends from the horror movie crew, actually did an episode on that at one point. Oh, did they really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it. oh it's hilarious. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, great questions. By the way, you were just like killing it with these questions today. Thank you so much. Um. All right. So question number four, tell me about your scariest supernatural encounter. 
Because you and I are no strangers to that. Mm-hmm. You and I had a conversation about this when I was at work the one night and we were I like, share, we were swapping stories back and forth. So <laughs> just curious, like what would it's be our sixth sense? I love it. I know. <laughs> so I think probably scariest. Okay. So that one wasn't, I didn't feel scared, but it was probably the weirdest one. Um, so I'll tell you too. So the first one, this is the first supernatural experience I ever had. So my mom had told me young when I was younger that she had like seen her grandmother and she was little. So she totally like believes in ghosts and sees them. Um, so I think that's why when I saw it, I wasn't scared. I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. This is normal. You know? So I was sleeping over one of my best friend's house. It was all of us. There was five of us. I think she had just moved into this house. Um, and she had told us that there's an older couple living there and the woman had died in the house. Um, so we were sleeping, whatever. I woke up in the morning. It was definitely a little bit light out, but not light enough to be like seven in the morning. It was probably yeah. like five over the summer. Um, and I'm like laying there on the ground and I look up and I see a woman's legs with slippers, pink bathrobe and holding like a little book in her hand. And I don't know why I didn't think that was scary. That's pretty alarming. <laughs> I would be like, Hi. Good morning right? to you too. Like, Hi. Right next to me. I didn't even look up at her face. I was kind of just like, oh, it's her mom. Like she's just checking in on us. And then I woke up in the morning and we had breakfast and I told them, and I was like, were you in our room in the morning? And she was like, no. And my friends were like, what is happening? Uh, yeah. <laughs> spooky, spooky. Yeah. So I wasn't really that scared because I didn't really get it. I was also younger. I was in like, I think it was like sixth grade. So maybe I didn't really understand. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But now looking back on it now, you're like, that is now actually I'm like, scary. Ooh, alarming. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think the actual scariest one that I had, it was at my mom's house. Um, this was recently, like over the summer too. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night. I don't know if I have night terrors sometimes or if, you know, it's just like translating when I'm awake or if this is actually like a supernatural, you know what I mean? It's like sleep paralysis almost. Yeah. When you're yeah. like in, in between. So I woke up in the middle of the night, my room was pitch black and there was like a dark, black figure just standing next to my bed and I thought it was my mom I don't know why I just think everyone's mom is just checking in on me when I'm sleeping (laughs) does that so I woke up and I totally sat up I was totally awake I'm like mom and then all of a sudden it's just gone like my Uh, like my eyes adjust to the to the darkness and I'm just like oh my goodness and I kind of just like laid back down and I was like okay time to go back to sleep Yeah, I don't like that at all. I had a funny thought though, when you were talking about the um the bathrobe one, because imagine if it was just some like elderly woman with dementia that like just oh, like no, that was accidentally actually- walked into the wrong house and she's just standing there. And she's like, <laughs> so is- I don't know these people. <laughs> oh yeah, this isn't my house. Oh, oh okay. my god. So Can you imagine if it wasn't even a ghost? It was just an older elderly woman with dementia that, that just wandered in. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, that would actually be sad but kind of funny sad but kind of funny yeah <laughs> at the same that. time yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then should we talk about your most supernatural experience oh i have a lot of them um Ooh. <laughs> oh gosh um well i used to have like really really bad um night terrors every single night like because the house that we lived in in colorado um there was a kid that committed suicide in our attic before we moved mm-hmm. in and like anytime you would go up there he didn't he didn't like his space being invaded so we would all have, <laughs> I think we, you and I talked about this on the phone mm-hmm. too he, uh, we my family used to argue and fight and uh who over who had to go up there and get like the Christmas decorations and stuff because oh, no. there. 
Um, but um, this didn't necessarily happen to me per se, but it happened to my mom, like when, before we moved in. So the lady that was like selling the house to us, she was like, just so you know, <laughs> there is something in this house. We just want to make you aware Beware. before you, yeah. We just want to make you aware before you move in. And um, she had like a cat and the way that our house was like um, structured. So like, and I hated this aspect mm-hmm. of the house because so the attic door was just like the attic door was so imagine walking through the kitchen mm-hmm. going through this little archway mm-hmm. the bathroom was to the right and the attic door was directly to the left so the attic door faced the toilet oh so if i ever had mm-hmm. so if i ever had to use the bathroom in the middle of the night i would have to stand at the toilet and watch the attic door behind me because I was so terrified of that attic door. Like I was it like- It wasn't like an attic, not the attic that comes from the ceiling, right? No, it was just a regular attic. door. Just a regular door, got mm-hmm. it. And then it led up to like stairs. Mm-hmm. And um, so there were like a, there were like three or four stairs that led up to like a little bit of a landing. And then it went up to the left and then the rest of the staircase went up to the attic. And so she was showing my mom the attic and the cat was like scratching and hissing and uh, growling at the door. Oh and so God. she was like, watch this. So she opened the attic door and the cat like went bolting up the stairs. And then my mom just watched it basically get to the top of the stairs. And as if somebody took just like a big, like one of their feet and just kicked the cat back down the (gasps) stairs, like the cat just went flying back down the stairs, hit the wall (laughs) at the landing and then just (gasps) ran off. And my mom was like, what the fuck? That is so scary. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys still moved in there. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and then like when we lived there um there were just so many things that would have like we had another spirit that lived there and it was not a good one it was a really bad like it got so bad for me that I had to have like the church come over and bless me and the house oh my gosh yeah so it that's how bad it got for me when I was a kid like I would wake up in the middle of the night and there would just be something standing in my doorway or standing right next to my bed and shit like that and I'd have these horrible nightmares like um I'm gonna actually get into a nightmare that I had because it it, it's kind of relevant to this film um (laughs) it was triggering for me when I saw one scene in this film because it reminded me of a nightmare I had yeah and I had this yeah I had this nightmare when I was like eight or nine years old and it's like burned into my memory forever because that's how terrifying it was so (laughs) that'll that'll be a story for later in this episode but yeah (laughs) um when I went and saw Hereditary the first time this Mm -hmm. scene like, and I don't get bothered by a lot of things, but this scene, when I watched it in theater, I had to like look away because I was so triggered by it. Cause it's, wow. yeah. Oh my gosh. So, oh, I can't wait to hear that story. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm fine now when I watch it, but at the time it literally initially yeah, almost scared the poop out of me. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't like that it. very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, lots of, um, I have lots of supernatural stories, but that's like, you know, one of my favorites to tell people is the whole story with the cat and all that so wow oh my gosh yeah especially when animals can connect and feel it like that's when you know when it's real and it's true and it might not be good you know oh yeah and the fact that my mom saw it with her own eyes just saw Mm -hmm. this fucking cat like bolt up the stairs and then as if it like ran into an invisible wall it just stopped at the top of the stairs and then all of a sudden as if somebody just kicked it with their foot just flew back down in midair like insane wow that's crazy. <laughs> and it and it, it it was like kicked so hard that it literally hit the wall at the bottom of the stairs and like bounced off of it yeah oh, yeah <laughs> so thing. oh god wow that's Scary. a good story i love thank that. you <laughs> <laughs> 
What is your final question for me, Olivia? This is my final question. Do I, did I not write down five? Okay, I didn't write down five. Okay, so let me think of a question. Okay. Oh, I went to ask you this. Do you like haunted houses? I do. Which you is do? so, yeah, which is so funny because like you would think that all the paranormal shit that I've like dealt with in my life, you would think mm. that I'd be totally terrified of that stuff. Like, right. I don't. Yeah, but I love ghost hunting. I love going to abandoned places and exploring like with my friends and stuff. And um, yeah, it's just fun for me. I wouldn't mess with a Ouija board though. I don't fuck oh, with that. Oh, yes. I don't think I've ever, I think I maybe used one in like middle school, but it was never even, we didn't even know what we were doing. So it didn't work. But. <laughs> or so you think. <laughs> I know. So we never think. know. But like, I mean, like haunted houses, like, like Halloween haunted houses. Oh yeah. I love them. We, yeah, um, there's too. like a whole bunch in Salt Lake city. So there's like, <laughs> um, actually, um, one called the fear factory. Oh, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like an abandoned, well, I, I don't know if it's abandoned or if they actually use it. I think they might still use it, but it's actually in a haunted factory. Um, oh, sure. so two years ago, I went on a date there with this guy that I was seeing. That's for, a great date. Mm-hmm. It was I really love fun. that. <laughs> yeah. And we took the ghost tour afterward, like after the, the haunted house had closed up and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We took the ghost tour as well. And that was really fun. So yeah, when you come, oh, so many things to do when you come well, we down got, We got to write this chat. We got a lot of things to do. We got like a bucket list, a list on list on yeah. list of things. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love haunted houses. I love oh, the thrill. Love yes. I, I love the thrill of being scared, but knowing that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Like so irrationally scared that it's so fun and funny. It's like, yeah, I know nothing bad to get out of me, but I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is just, it's just fun to like get scared and jump and, mm-hmm. you know, scream and all that stuff. But I, I'm not a fan of people touching me. So those mm-hmm. haunted houses where they're allowed to like touch you and grab you yeah, and stuff. I'm like, mm-mm. No. It's violating. It's too much. That's my limit. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't let people touch me. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man. But my final question for you, this is my horror staple question at this point. Mm-hmm. If you were trapped on a desert Island, Olivia, mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, like you have no hope of getting saved. I mean, you have food you have water, you have all that. You're fine. Okay. You have a house. It's cool. Like oh, you're not, you're, too. Yeah, yeah. You're not dying and you can have okay. friends there too. If you want, you I know, really yeah, yeah, you don't have to, I didn't specify. You don't have to be by yourself. You're, um, <laughs> but you can only care if you, you can only have five horror movies for the rest of your life to watch. Mm-hmm. What five horror movies would you choose to watch? This is a great question. I love this. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So number one, misery. 100%. Ooh, okay. Been my choice. favorite movie since I was like 10 years old. Definitely Misery. And then obviously The Shining. I have to Oh the my gosh, yes. You know, keep it old school, keep it classy. Um, Witch of the Conjuring. Maybe the first, con- either the first Conjuring or the first Annabelle. Ooh, those okay. can be, those can be switched out. So that's three. Um, the second It. Ooh, okay. I love the second it. Really? Because like I a like lot of the... a lot of people didn't like the second one for some reason. I know. I don't know why. I think I liked how it kept flipping back and forth between like the adults and the kids. And the first one like, really scared me. Yeah, the first one was legitly it was really scary. I was freaky. Really scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'd have to say the first insidious too. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Something about insidious. I love that one. So how many is that? Is that five? Misery, The Shining, the um, either Annabelle or Conjuring, The Conjuring, mm-hmm. Insidious, Insidious, and It. 
yeah yeah so that was five okay. Ooh, very yeah, nice okay. solid yeah. <laughs> um halloween obviously okay oh yeah no that's a good one yeah. <laughs> the grudge <laughs> mm-hmm. the shining um hmm I feel like I always like change my answers. Oh, Scream. I would probably have to go with Insidious Chapter 2. Oh, yeah. I really like that one a lot. Really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as like watchability, I've seen that movie so many times. Like all the movies that I listed on my top five, I've seen probably over a hundred times, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, those would be my top five. I think <laughs> I think my top five has changed since I said it the last time, but you know. Probably. <laughs> it happens you revisit you think about it more that's a really big question i love that thank you yeah it's kind of like my horror staple at this point like i ask that question in every episode and it's just fun because i feel like everybody has different answers it's always so different i noticed Mm -hmm. that when i've been listening everyone's always so different i love it yeah oh well that was fun thank you for participating in the five question horror round so That was a really, that was a fun time. I liked that. that. And you had very good questions too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry, I got a spam call. Oh, no, you're good. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So without further ado, Olivia, Mm -hmm. do we want to tell the listeners what we're talking about today? I would love to. Okay. So we are going to be talking about the audience has polled and they wanted us to talk about Hereditary by the King Ari Aster. Love him so much. <laughs> I know, me too. This is, I rewatched it last night to refresh my memory, write down some notes, and I loved it just as much as I did the first time, of course. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, and that poll, I have to say, that poll was the closest poll I've ever seen, oh like gosh. ever since I started this whole voting thing, because it was like Hereditary would just about take the lead and then like three or four more people would vote for Midsommar so it would like start tying it up again and then Hereditary would kind of take the lead again and then Midsommar would kind of catch up and then it was just like a never-ending like fluctuation back and forth and I was just like yeah I was like I love this I'm so excited (laughs) to see which one wins I mean of course Hereditary won but and we were kind of predicting that too a little bit yeah yeah we're like we're like Hereditary is gonna win um I will be honest though I was like I was kind of hoping that Midsommar would win Mm -hmm but I'm also not opposed to talking about hereditary either. So I totally agree with you. It was, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm happy with either one of them winning. So (laughs) (laughs) very exciting. Um, And uh, yeah, I I guess I'm just curious, like before we get into, you know, Mm -hmm. some facts about this film, what was your first experience with this movie? Did you see it in theaters? So I actually saw it not too long ago. So my, the girl that does my hair, Mm -hmm. she's so into horror. Oh my God. She's so cool. Um, she's like a bunch of horror tattoos. She's awesome. And she told me, she's like, have you seen anything from Ari Aster before? And I was like, no, actually. She's like, he only has like three or four films. Maybe most of them are even from his film school. She's like, you have to watch Midsommar. She's like, if you love horror, you are going to love this so much. And this was probably like nine months ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. So very recently. Um, and I watched Midsommar first and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, what is happening? This yeah. is a different genre that I have never experienced before. So I watched Midsommar first. I loved it. Absolutely raved about it. And then I saw Hereditary probably like six months ago. And I watched Hereditary. I had a day off. Um, my roommate was working from home and I was like two in the afternoon. I'm like a little kid. I'm like, let's watch a scary movie at two in the yeah. afternoon. <laughs> so scary. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh boy, what have I done? like what have I gotten myself into what have I got myself into yep (laughs) damn I'm kind of bummed that you didn't get to see it in theaters when it came out I know I know it would have been so much better in theaters honestly 
Because it's like. Then, um, oh no! What no, I no. Go ahead. Before sorry. about oh, sorry. What I told you before about Ari Aster's other film that he made. Oh film. yeah. Oh, listeners, if you want to be so freaked out, <laughs> you can watch his short film. What's it called again? Something strange with the Johnsons or something? Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, thirty minutes long. Did you ever watch it? I didn't, but I, um, it's on my list of things to watch for sure. Cause I was like, when you were telling me that, I was like, what? Yeah, hold right, on, hold right, up, hold up, saying. Olivia. What did you just say? <laughs> my friend had texted me and she said, she saw this video on TikTok. It was like, don't watch this movie. Like you'll be scarred for life. So naturally I have to go watch it. Of course, you know? Yeah, of course. It's, it's human YouTube, nature. Strange things about the Johnsons from 2011, 30 minutes long. It's about an ancestral relationship between a son and a father. If you guys want to watch it, it's scary. <laughs> but anyways, back to hereditary. <laughs> well, when you know when you know who Ari Aster is, it doesn't surprise me that he. Made it doesn't at all. He's like the strangest man, but when you look at him, he's like he seems so normal. <laughs> I know he seems like he seems like the the least obvious person to make movies like this. Like he right. just he just looks like every normal person. Like he's just like, hi guys, I'm Ari Aster, and he's just so nice. Like he has just this like presence like this aura of like good and then it's mm -hmm. like he makes these like fucked up movies and it's like where does your mind go when yeah. you write these it's like do you dream these up or is this your mind like this is crazy <laughs> it's insane yeah <laughs> um i was fortunate enough to actually see this movie in the theater um i actually went and saw it three times oh awesome mm -hmm. i loved it that much and the, wow. the first time i watched it it blew me away like this movie blew me away because I had seen the tra I had seen the trailers for it. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, I, I, I love movies like this where it's like the trailer is so inconspicuous that you're like, mm -hmm. I don't know what this movie is going to be about. So I had like these preconceived notions of what I thought it was going to be about when I went into it and I walked out of it and I was like, wow, that was an experience. Like yeah. I, I can't even explain like my first experience with this film. Like it actually, got under my skin so much that I had to go home and turn on all the lights in my house and oh my gosh it freaked me out that much and like movies don't get to me like that anymore <laughs> because I've seen so many of them You've seen so many yeah right and so it's like it's it's very rare when a film like that actually affects me to the point where I go home and literally turn on all the lights in my house and kind of like <laughs> sit with my knees to my chest on the on the couch and I'm like all right I'm gonna wait till the sun's up to go to sleep because that's when I feel safe like that's how much this movie like actually legit freaked me out so and then I went and saw it two more times in the theater so <laughs> it's great well, that you got to see it in theaters it must have been such a good experience it was and normally like I hate going to see movies in the theater with like a packed group of people because people right. are just so obnoxious mm -hmm. but this movie had people speechless like this movie was I can so... totally see that yeah like there were certain scenes that happened in this movie we'll get to it later where people mm -hmm. were just the the uh, the theater was literally just silent and it was the craziest thing I'd ever experienced I was like I've never heard a theater this quiet before in my life oh my like she you could hear a pin Ari drop does to us. <laughs> so what Ari Aster, he he takes the words right out of our mouths we're speechless <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that was my first experience with hereditary and I don't know I fucking love this movie I think it's, it's a masterpiece awesome. I, it really I, is it's literally that is no okay i take it back i forgot for a second i forgot about hereditary which i cannot even believe we're talking about the movie today mm -hmm. that would actually take um insidious off my lit or insidious chapter two i would i yeah. would watch hereditary 
Sorry. Right. Well, yeah. Definitely, I would bring Midsommar or Hereditary with me on the island too. And I didn't think of any of those. Yeah, I'm like, uh, well, we're talking about that movie today. Okay. How did I forget? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take Insidious Chapter Two off and put Hereditary in its place because I could watch this movie. I've watched this movie so many times. I actually, <laughs> I actually have this movie completely memorized. So <laughs> don't be surprised if I quote some parts of this movie for you. We can draft some quotes. We love quotes. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'll just get into some facts real quick for mm-hmm. this film. Um, so it came out in 2018. It has a 7.3 on IMDb, which kind of surprises me. I was kind of thinking yeah. it would be higher. I mean, it's it's still a good score, but there's movies like the evil dead from 1981 for example that has a 7.5 and i'm like mm, no no offense to the evil dead lovers out there it definitely does not deserve 7.5 i can say that much <laughs> um it was written and directed by ari aster um and his credits include hereditary obviously Midsommar um hereditary was actually his direct debut for like a feature film like he's made oh, quite nice. a few yeah it was like his first uh full-length feature that he ever re- wrote and directed um because before that he I think he's done like five or six other short films before mm-hmm. that um but Hereditary was like his first full-length film and then Midsommar came shortly after that which month after got it I always thought Midsommar was first I don't know why but yeah no um yeah no hereditary was first and then midsummer came the following year so um just crazy like imagine imagine being a director and just like coming out of the gates like yeah fresh to directing a full-length film and just it being like an instant horror classic and then the other one that follows it after is a a horror classic as well like they're just both instantly dropping bombs he's just he's not messing around i know right (laughs) he knows what he's doing (laughs) it makes me so excited to see what he has like in store for us like in the future Mm -hmm. um it stars tony collette as annie and she is no stranger to the horror genre i mean Mm -hmm. she's been in a lot of non-horror stuff as well but most of the stuff that i listed her is just horror stuff so hereditary um i most know her from the sixth sense like that's the other movie i know her from um she's in about a boy krampus fright night knives out and a very good classic muriel's wedding which was one of her first films that came out in like 1994 i believe 1994 or 1995 so it's very old um gabriel byrne as steve and he's in hereditary the usual suspects stigmata ghost ship assault on precinct 13 and uh he's in 16 episodes of war of the world's tv series so. oh i didn't even know that was a show yeah i didn't either until i looked it up yeah <laughs> <laughs> have to check it out it'll be on my list of things to watch um alex wolf which is <laughs> a true king <laughs> <laughs> which is olivia's um dream dream man right there oh, i fangirl him <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> uh, he's in Hereditary, obviously. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. My Friend Dahmer, which I don't know if you've seen that. You've seen that, right? So good. So good. Because I'm pretty so sure good. I saw that as one of your film reviews on your page, if I'm not mistaken. I think I, I probably did. I've seen it a couple of times. Oh, my gosh. Bone chilling. Oh, so good. So good. Um, and then he's in Jumanji 1 and 2. And then mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe Disney fans will know him as... Is he, is that, is the Naked Brothers band a Disney show? Was that, yes. a Disney? okay. <laughs> I think it's Disney, yeah. 
Yeah. And the, and we were just talking about it. <clears throat> excuse me. We were just talking about it last night. Um, how I never realized that Nat Wolf and uh, Alex Wolf were two different people. Like for the for exactly. most of my life, I was like, they're they're a different person. Like some I don't remember how that came about, but somebody told me that they were they were brothers, and I was like, no, they're not. It's the same person. Yeah. They're like, no, they're different people, and I'm like, no freaking way, because uh, because Nat Wolf is the one that's in Paper Towns, and mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure he's in Death Note, and then Alex Wolf is the one that's in my friend us but they look exactly the same pretty exactly much. the same There's like, like I was saying last night I, I thought it was Alex Wolf that was in Paper Towns now that I'm thinking about it I'm like oh yeah I guess maybe they look a little different but not really <laughs> yeah it's crazy like they look so much alike that I didn't even didn't even didn't even like cross my mind that they were two different people so right right <laughs> <laughs> that, was a revela- that was a revelation for sure um and then last but not least I have uh Millie Shapiro as Charlie and this was her first ever film like this was oh, her. Was it? Yeah, and she's fucking fantastic in this movie. She absolutely killed it. Wow, like she's so good in this movie. Um, so for being like her first role, I'm impressed. Um, yeah. it had a budget of ten million, which doesn't seem like a lot when you watch this movie because it's like mm. holy shit. Like this movie yeah. looks like it's made on like a sixty million dollar budget. It's just such I an expensive looking movie. So that surprised me when I read that. Um, the opening weekend in the U.S. was 13.5 million, which is pretty good. I mean, it they made their, you know, 3 million over the mm-hmm. budget. So, I mean, uh, the U.S. gross in total was 44 million and then the worldwide gross was 80 million. So they made a shit ton of money off this movie. Wow. Good yeah. job, guys. I know. Yeah. Proud of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I have a few fun facts here that I like to read off. Um, so one of the trailers for Hereditary was accidentally shown at the beginning of the PG-rated family-friendly film, Peter Rabbit, in Inaloo, oh <laughs> Western Australia. It caused a small panic in the cinema with parents fleeing with their children. The cinema eventually stopped the film and offered every audience member a complimentary film pass to apologize for the mistake. That's hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Peter Rabbit, it, it took a turn. <laughs> Can you just imagine like there's kids in here and they're watching this movie and they're like, okay. And then you get to that one scene with Charlie and they're like, this is not. (laughs) Have you just a quick little tidbit on that? Have you seen, I don't have a TikTok, but I watch reels on Instagram. Have you Mm -hmm. seen the TikTok of the like 10 year old boys walking into Annabelle? No. Oh, I I gotta send it to you after this. It's so funny. It's like a little group of like 10 year old boys with their popcorn in their um, sodas. And I think one of their parents took them to see Annabelle and they were like, they have no idea what's going to happen in there. Oh no. I bet their reactions are so funny. Priceless. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Please send that over to me. I've got to, I've got to see that. Um, At around one hour and six minutes to make the chalkboard right on itself, the special effects team put a magnet in the chalk and put a magnet on the other side of the chalkboard to make the chalk move. It was very difficult to get a small magnet inside the chalk and make it right smoothly. So that's cool because it wasn't a special, it wasn't like CGI. They actually legitly did it with practical. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, and this fact, this fact coming up has me very, very excited because it says, Ari Aster has 10 screenplays written he hopes to direct over the course of his career. And I'm like, we are about to get blessed. I know we're about (laughs) bless us with your presence. King, please. Literally a true King. (laughs) I know I'm like 10 freaking films that he's yet to, 
I can't even imagine where he would go after Midsommar. Uh, right? Like, wow, I'm excited. Uh, he's going to be one of those people that I'm like, I just know that his movies are going to just be great no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go into it and be like, um, this is an Ari Aster film. Of course it's going to be good. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> um, this one's an interesting fact for you and I, because we're Halloween lovers. So <clears throat> at around 14 minutes in Peter's first scene at school, the words escaping fate is on the chalkboard with the teacher discussing it. This is a reference to Halloween 1978, where the main character discusses the same thing in class. Appropriately, this movie was released the same day as the trailer for Halloween 2018. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I found that I really interesting. That. I was like, Olivia will love that fact, because you and I both love the original. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> um, Ari Aster had originally wrote this film to be a straight up family drama dealing with the grief and loss one experiences with death of close family members but, Ar- but Aster saw the potential of turning the film into a horror story and rewrote the script to what it is now had this remained a family drama Midsommar from 2019 would have been his first horror film like he initially had intended it to be wow that's really interesting yeah that is well yeah. Yeah, and I kind of already knew that just from like interviews that I had seen of him talking about it because he's like originally, yeah, he talks about how originally Hereditary was supposed to just be more like a family dark drama type of movie. It wasn't even supposed to be a horror movie. And then like only later did he add like horror elements into it. But yeah, yeah, I was like, that's interesting because you watch Hmm, Satanic Cult, let's do it. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and then you watch Midsommar and you're like, this seems more of like a family drama. I mean, there are some terrifying elements in Midsommar, but I would consider Midsommar more of like a dark drama. I think so too, especially with the stuff with the boyfriend and stuff. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. So it seems like the roles have like flip-flopped. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, At around one hour and 35 minutes in an interview, Alex Wolf explains that he wanted to actually break his own nose for the scene where his character slams his head into the desk. Director Ari Aster respectively declined that offer and told Wolf they'd give him a soft cushion desk for the scene. When it was time for the scene to be shot, Wolf slams his head into the desk only to, only to discover that the top was foam and the bottom was hard. He dislocated his jaw, which is a previous injury the actor has had for the scene. So like the scene where his like jaw looks weird, he actually mm-hmm. did dislocate it. It's the true dedication to the role for me. Right. <laughs> it's the wanting to break his nose for me yeah i was like that's That's insane insane. yeah it must have been like uh no relax okay let's make it easier for you yeah yeah, we're not we're not gonna um we're not gonna do that (laughs) oh my gosh um and then this this last fact was something i never even noticed which i don't know i don't know if i should take if we should take this fact as bible because when i was watching this last night after i read this fact i was like I double checked and I was like, I still can't tell for sure. But I found this fact also very interesting. So one of Peter's friends from underneath the bleachers can be seen at the end of the film as one of the town's secret cultists. When they are smoking at school, he is the character with a man bun and a hoodie. When the camera is slowly following Peter's feet in the treehouse, it pans over the kneeling cultist head heads. The closest one in frame is the man bun still intact. So. Oh which is something I never noticed, but I'm not 100% sure if that's like a true fact because you're more of just a coincidence type thing. Right. Cause I'm like, I mean, it's not just one person with man bun. A lot of people have a man bun. So then we love man buns. Oh, I don't. don't? (laughs) No, I hate them. I was just about to say, I wish they wouldn't. (laughs) I wish they would. You know, it, it really depends. 
we love a man bun, but sometimes are a little dirty, you know? <sighs> man yeah. bun just screams douche to me. I'm just like, <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's probably yeah. why I'm like, ooh, I love a man bun. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia likes the douche, douchey guys, do you? <laughs> Oh, dang, I've been outed. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So, fun facts aside, do we want to get into the actual movie discussion? I'd love to. All right, let's do it. So, um, I just love how this movie opens up. Like, it already opens up where you have just like this underlining feeling of just unease because it opens up with like this, this title card type of thing. And it's kind of like the obituary to. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie's mom and it's basically talking about how like she died in Annie's home blah 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 blah. Um, her funeral will be held at so and so at this time and then it like you can hear the music kind of sweat and the music in this film I just have to say first so so Mm -hmm. fucking good Mm -hmm. like Colin Stetson does such a good job with the music in this film it's just so and that's what really like gets you into this film right off the bat is the music because it's just like you hear that like swell of the music and then it just cuts to that first shot mm-hmm. of the treehouse through the window and like the cinematography in this film the doll the way that it's like the dollhouse is into the scene like when he goes right into Peter's room it's just so good it's so cool yeah so good oh uh, yeah yeah cuz it like pans around the room and you can see like um Annie's little studio where she works on these minute hit the mic where she works on these miniatures and it just kind of like does a slow pan and and then it just like closes in on the house like they've got like a replica of the house Mm -hmm. and it shows just shows peter's room but then as soon as it zooms in it like goes into real life right it's like into the scene oh it's so good it's so So cool it's so seamless like Mm -hmm. ah it's amazing (laughs) like i was i was already like in love with this film from the first scene I was already like, this is going to be a good film when I saw and it in that theaters. initial music, there's something about that intro music that is so eerie. I just, I remember you added it to the story when you posted about it and I was like, Poof. it just gives you the chills. It does. So yeah, it really does. Like it's probably one of the best horror scores to ever be made ever. Hands down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably in my top five favorite. Um, <laughs> but uh, it also gives me kind of a shining vibe. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's like undertones of like, cause the the music from The Shining it just makes me really uneasy too. So like when I watched this film, I I remembered what I felt like when I first watched The Shining and how that music really affected me and got under my skin. And that's kind of how this film is. Yeah, like it's just very. Ugh. Yeah, the music has like undertones of like The Shining. Yeah. I don't know. And that's probably why we like it so much too. Cause yeah, like- yeah. Well, and then <laughs> um, so the dad comes in. He's like. Um, he's like basically waking Peter up and he's like, did your sister sleep in her room last night? And Peter's like, I don't know. And then you show, and then uh, it goes to like the tree house and the dad goes up there and Charlie's sleeping in there. And he's like, Charlie, for God's sake, it's freezing. It was freezing last night. That's how you get pneumonia. And I love how Charlie's just like, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. She's, yeah. like, <laughs> She's like, I can die. It's fine. <laughs> Charlie then- is probably the most interesting character that I've seen in a horror film. And the way she really that it is. starts out and you can like, they immediately give you hints that she's so insightful to what's going on, especially during the funeral. I'm just like, you pick up on it right away. Like she oh, knows yeah. what's going on. Oh yeah. And she's like, there's just something so weird about her. Like <laughs> she's just an odd, she's an odd character. Um, And then it, yeah. And then it like cuts to the funeral because Annie's like sitting in her car waiting for them to 
get there because she's already ready to go. She's been like, I've been ready to go for like four hours. What is taking everybody so long? I've been in this car. Typical mom. She's yeah. in the car waiting already. <laughs> Sounds like my mom. Yeah. <laughs> she's always waiting on all of us. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, then you get this funeral scene, which I just think is so good because she gives that little uh, that little speech about her mom. And she's basically talking about how like her mom was a very difficult person to read, even when you thought you knew what was going on with her. <laughs> you know you god really forbid know. you question it because yeah. you know blah 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 and like she kind of talks about how she's very stubborn and that's i guess that's where she gets it from and then you kind of get like the shot of charlie just sitting there like basically sketching her mom and mm-hmm. she's like doing like the like the click yeah. noise you know i still don't i wanted to ask you that i still don't get the click noise i mean we can get into it it's like does it mean anything or is it just her thing you think i think it just might just be like a tick like a weird like a weird like like something weird because she's she's already kind of like off right she's off anyways yeah yeah so I think I think it's just like one of her weird like ticks I don't know I don't know if it ever really fully explains why she does that I was watching it last night I couldn't figure it out but like of course it translates into the rest of the film so it makes sense but I was kind of just like does that mean something but yeah yeah Yeah, I don't know yeah I, I I but I like it I think it yeah I think it's a very distinct noise that you hear now and you're like, Ooh, I relate it to that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I love like, I love how like there's a whole bunch of people there as well. And Annie's like, my mom would be very touched to see this turnout, but also probably a little suspicious because like, there's just all these people here that they've never met before. Never seen before. Mm -hmm. But then she also talks about how like her mom had a very secret and private life. Like she had private rituals, rituals, private friends, private anxieties, kind of like that. And, um, and then it like cuts to like the shot of Charlie watching, um, the people or she's going through the line of mourners as they're like walking by the casket mm-hmm. and you, she's like looking down at her grandma and then you get like that one close up shot of that necklace that she's wearing. Oh, yes. That symbol. Yep. Mm-hmm, which is the same one that Annie's wearing as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you see that she like looks over and the guy's like standing there staring at her and he's really creepy. Yeah. And you just get, like, yeah. Smiling in it. Yeah. He's smiling. Like- He's smiling yeah mm-hmm. and he's the same one that's standing in the closet at the end too i was gonna say the naked man yep yep mm-hmm. oh <laughs> you gosh. see a lot that of pe- you see a lot of peen in this movie it's a lot of peen it's like a little too much peen <laughs> a little bit too much peen and a little too much uh, you know vajayjay too but you know <laughs> it's, a, it's a um i think it's a staple in ari aster's films at yeah. this point yeah everyone has to be naked it's just the way that it is <laughs> it's just the way that it is yeah it's how, it's how we were created that's how we came into the world that's how we're going out of it basics, I guess. You know. yeah <laughs> uh, but um yeah this whole like funeral scene is just like really <sighs> It's just the way like he sets the tone for all of these scenes. It's just so like, there's nothing scary initially about this like opening scene or anything, but it's just like, you just get this entire, like the entire scene, you just get this unnerving feeling where you're like, something's wrong here. Like something's not right. right. And you haven't even picked up, like you haven't even like put the pieces together to anything yet. You're just like, these people are weird. Like there's something weird about these people. I don't like it. <laughs> and there's so many little hints that you, have to like once you get to the end you're like oh that's why he asked her if there are nuts in her chocolate that's why they zoomed in on that that's why charlie was picking up on that so interesting he does Mm -hmm. such a good job at putting it in the beginning but not enough to like ruin it like you would just have no idea what it's even relevant to until later on in the film exactly like there's like so many um there's so much subtle foreshadowing in this film. Yeah, that's where I'm like for mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's like, yeah, because we were just pointing out the whole part where she's like watching the, because she watches like one of the ladies walk up to 
her grandma and she like put something on her lips oh yeah just like something out of a bottle and she was like hmm. and she's just like standing there like taking a chunk out of this candy bar <laughs> huge bite like, why did you get that <laughs> yeah and then the dad walks up to her and he's like there are nuts in this are there and she's like no and he's like good <laughs> and then annie's like are there nuts in there we don't have the epi pen <laughs> And you're like, huh, what does this mean later? And then you find out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to know what you thought about this next scene because I don't know if you caught this because it took me a few watches to catch this. But um, the sh- after right directly after the shot where they drive up to the exterior of the house, which, by the way, is beautiful. This house is gorgeous, fucking yes. gorgeous. And mm-hmm. they actually filmed in my home state of Utah. They actually filmed in Salt Lake City. And oh, I only live that really? mm-hmm, I only live in 30 miles away from where they filmed this movie, which is really cool. That's awesome. You gotta go find that house. I know, and I lived there while they were filming this movie too. I lived in Utah while they were filming. I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's so cool yeah, to know that I was like cool. somewhat part of history, you know. Right? <laughs> I wasn't I there, but I was. <laughs> Basically there anyways. Yeah, I was, yeah, you know. Just gonna say I was an extra in the back. You can see me somewhere. <laughs> um, but um, I found it really interesting because I never noticed this before, but um, as soon as they get home and right about, right as when they're about to get into the house, did you hear somebody running upstairs? Like, did no. you hear the foot? Yeah, you can hear the footsteps of oh. someone running up the stairs right before they open the door. Right yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Next like time it, I rewatch it, I'm going to have to pick up on that. That's really cool. Yeah. So there looks like already somebody in their house before they even get home from the funeral, which is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why it took me so long to catch that, but I was like listening. I was like, wait, I can hear foot because it sounds like there's someone running up the stairs. And then right as they open the door, it stops like it's quiet. Oh, interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. <gasps> and then the dad has like some anal thing about like shoes off, everybody. Charlie, shoes off. So the dad, I know we can probably get into this, Steve, a little bit later, but I just feel like I don't think I liked his character and I think they probably could have expanded him, but I also think it might've been pointless to expand him. Like he's so in between being supportive and like frustrated that it's just like, yeah, know what we're going to get from him. I feel like he could have been done a little bit better, you know? Well, you can definitely tell that Annie is basically the one that wears the pants in the relationship because he just kind of like, even when, and that kind of ties into what happens later. Cause like, even when shit starts kind of going batshit crazy, like he chooses to ignore it. Like he chooses right. to ignore all the signs that are, you know, that are, <laughs> that something's not right here, but he's, he's way too, you know, I don't know, I guess stubborn is the word for it to like yeah. really kind of, you know, listen to anything that Annie's saying. Um, Cause he's already fed up with her at this point. <laughs> so and that's probably why I think that I get that vibe from him. Cause he's probably just so done and like trying to be a good husband, like the little notes on her workshop, like you're almost done. And like, but then he comes back and he's super frustrated. So it's probably just expressing the frustrated husband type deal. So that's probably true. Exactly. Well, I, I kind of, um, yeah, I kind of got that from his character that he's just like very passive. He just mm-hmm. kind of lets things happen as they are. You know, even with the whole dinner scene that comes later, he doesn't really say anything. He doesn't say anything. Like, he's just kind of like, okay, that's enough. (laughs) He doesn't really get, like, aggressive or anything. Um, And they're screaming at each other, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, then you, uh, I love how Annie's like, should I be sadder? Like, she's (laughs) like, it does feel weird. She's like, should I be sadder? And he's like, you should be whatever you are. It'll come. (laughs) yeah it'll go yeah and he's supportive like that which is nice but and I like their their like response their grief reaction I felt was very real oh yeah Um, 
which is why I feel like this movie is so scary because it feels so real. Like this could be your neighbors next door. Oh, and yeah. like, like when Steve asks Peter, he's like, how are you feeling? Are, are you sad? And he's like, well, I mean, it's kind of just like, she was crazy anyways. So I don't really know. And then he's like, I get it. I know. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, he's like, are you a little sad? And he's like, he's like no, not really. He's just chilling. He's like, yeah, I'm just playing guitar. I don't really care. It's like every Tuesday night for me. <laughs> oh geez yeah well and I love how um you get that scene of Annie like in her workshop because you get kind of like a introduction to like what she does for a living Mm -hmm. and I just think it's really cool actually I think this would be actually a really cool job to have right because because I just feel like that would take so much skill like I could not do that the fact that she's sitting there like painstakingly like with like the goggles on like the smallest little I'm like wow yeah that's like pure talent yeah yeah and he's like he uh Steve comes in and he's like so uh what are you working on now and she's like oh I uh took a break from uh <laughs> avoiding the show and she's like I'm working on the um hospice right now you see like a preschool and you see like a hospice and then he's like asking her what the deadline is and she's like oh six months or uh, he's like six months and she's like five and a half or something like that. He's like, Ooh, oh, yeah. coming up. Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve's an interesting character for sure. He's very chill. Like he's very just so chill. like, yeah, he's like, oh, coming up. He's just Better like, I'm, up. right. He's just very, so he's just like, might want to get your ass into gear. Cause uh, that's coming up quick. <laughs> and interesting how quickly, I mean, like, obviously it's like, like the time sense isn't real, but like how quickly she can like get the scenes together in her little miniatures, like how she all of a sudden made that scene with the hospice, but she totally like took a break from what her other one was doing. It's interesting. You can tell that like they made it seem like it was such a pure talent, which it is. It's great. So good. Like, I wish I could do shit like that, but I can't. (laughs) I'll stick to podcasting. That seems to be what I'm good at. So (laughs) know your talents and just stick to those yeah sure <laughs> um but then it cuts uh to the scene where she's talking to charlie in her room and you kind of get more of like a backstory with um charlie and the grandma character like you get more of like a sense that because she basically is telling her how you know you know where you were her favorite right and she's like she wanted me to be a boy like she basically like she wanted me to be a boy and annie doesn't like really catch on this because she's like well I used to be a tomboy when I was growing up she's like I hated everything like pink dolls dresses all that stuff and then Charlie's like Charlie gets kind of morbid in the scene she's like who's gonna take care of me and she's like excuse me you don't think I'm gonna take care of you yeah she's like the fuck yeah and she's like but when you die <laughs> yeah that like, was so morbid <laughs> yeah well well again that kind of like I think that is a perfect example of what you were saying like how she's kind of aware of um these things going on like she's right, kind of she's aware so intuitive but like kind of blissfully unaware as to what she actually knows you know exactly it's yeah. almost like these thoughts are being put into her head for her mm-hmm. like um because I think you find out later that payment has has been possessing her this whole time and that's kind of why she's off anyway mm-hmm. like she's mm-hmm. kind of weird um but yeah she's like <laughs> She's like, excuse me, you don't think I'm going to take care of you? And she's like, like, but when you, yeah, but she's like, and then she's like, well, when you die and then Annie, Annie says, well, then dad will take care of you or Peter. (laughs) She's like, I don't know. Somebody will. Yeah. Somebody will. If I die, somebody will. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, and then she's talking about how like she didn't cry when she was born, like how she didn't cry when she was a baby, not even when she was born. It's like, 
something wrong very with that. cryptic and eerie and she was like if you want to cry now that's okay and charlie's like bro no <laughs> yeah like she doesn't say anything because she's like do you think you've uh did you feel like you might want to cry today and she's like do you think that would have been a relief and like she doesn't say anything and so annie just kind of leaves yeah she's, <laughs> she's like, like okay, good night. she's like okay good night sweetheart and then this is like when you get like the first like legit kind of scare in the film which hmm Mm. what an effective scare because it's not even like your typical jump scare because annie goes into like the workshop and she's going through a bunch of her mom's like old things and she finds she comes across like which will take will um come into play later she kind of like comes across these books about spirit spirituality but she doesn't really like read any of them and she kind of goes through one and she finds like a letter from her mom and i think i'm trying to remember it i'm trying to paraphrase it as best as i can i probably won't get it completely right but it's like my dearest annie please forgive me for all i can't couldn't say or something like that but the um the rewards will uh the rewards that you get at the end will um something will pale in comparison or something like that i don't know basically hinting at you know events later to come so uh, she basically closes the book and is about to walk out of the room. She turns off the light. And then that's when you see her mom in the freaking corner. And it's just <laughs> so creepy because she's smiling. Yes. And that's the thing. All of these, like so many people are smiling in this film and it's the creepiest, eeriest smile that is just like, <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, that's what I imagined. Like if I saw a ghost, like that would be the scariest thing for me. If I saw yeah. them smiling, I don't know why there's yeah. just something and that's crazy because there's something as sinister as a smile that can just like put a chill down your spine. It's just like, there's like some smiles that just aren't right. Mm-hmm. When <laughs> you that, just smile with your mouth and you don't smile with your eyes, it's just, it's literally sinister. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't like it. And then I love how, I love how he like lingers on the shot too. Cause it's like, you just yeah. see her for like a good three seconds. And then um, you're kind of just like, <gasps> And then yeah. She's and she's yeah yeah because yeah. it's almost like you're letting your eyes adjust to the darkness as well because yes, at, fir- yes. at first you don't really see her and then you're kind of like oh shit there's someone standing in the corner and then right before you like kind of before your mind can <laughs> put together right. what you're seeing she snaps the light on and she's not there yeah yeah and then yeah well and then i wanted to go back real quick too because she says something else to charlie that was kind of like foreshadowing or not foreshadowing but kind of like explaining past events too she's like um even when even when you were a baby she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you it drove me crazy because it's like in that next shot like when she goes to walk out she turns like one of the models around and it's like a model of her bedroom and the mom is basically breastfeeding charlie the the grandmother is breastfeeding charlie it's so weird so weird yeah that was so bizarre and that's when it starts to get so unsettling and that's when we get ariaster's true kind it's just like oh it's so creepy but that could happen like there's totally such thing as an overbearing grandmother that yeah the move out. <laughs> <laughs> like that's crazy <laughs> i love it though um <laughs> and then uh this next scene is where charlie's in the classroom and she's like working on because she has like this thing where she works on toys she has like all these like weird things that she just too. makes in her room yeah. yeah and she's like working on a toy and the teacher comes up behind her and she's like are you finished and she's like <laughs> almost and she's like okay well how about we finish the toy after the quiz and she's like okay and then you get like <laughs> yeah and then you get that like side shot of her face and you see the bird like come and hit the window did that make you jump the first time you watched it oh yes oh my gosh it was so loud yeah Such a well, jump scare on that one 
Well, and I love how bad the acting is from all the other kids in this movie because they're like, oh my gosh, what was that? Ooh, ew. Like, it's so... Ugh. Like, if that was little kids, they would have, like, literally screamed, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're like, like <laughs> And Charlie's just sitting there, like, she's not even phased by it. And then you kind of get that shot where it's not like a close-up shot, but when you watch it more than once, you you get what the camera's trying to show you. Because it's like there's a pair of scissors that are in, like, oh, the, yes. the teacher's uh, pencil. I mm-hmm. think it's, like, one of the pencil case things. You can see the scissors sticking out. And, uh, and then in, like, the next... The next scene, I love this classroom scene with Peter because it's so funny to me. I don't know why, (laughs) because it literally just cuts to Peter and he's just like sitting there and then he's like looking at the girl in front of him. Like he's looking at her ass. Yeah. He's like, like typical, typical dude. (laughs) Yep. And I I also kind of like the scene because it also foreshadows the family's um, predicament as well. Cause he's talking about like, Sophocles and the oracle and heracles and how like he never had a choice um and then he's like is it more tragic or less tragic than if he had a choice and the one i love when the one kid raises his hand he's like less and he's like why he's like because (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) because i've had people like that in high school that i went to high school with it just were like yeah there's like yeah because because i said so (laughs) because I didn't do research on it because just because that's what it is um but yeah I I don't know I just love this whole scene because I I like how it kind of subtly foreshadows the family's fate in a sense Mm -hmm. like they're talking about um you know and it also kind of mirrors the the scene from Halloween as well which I love I love the subtle references to Halloween as well with the whole fate thing I love that I know yeah I was like oh I love that I love how he like kind of paid homage to to that film in this scene um and then you get the scene of Charlie like standing outside of the school and she's just, you know, once again, she's just eating one of her candy bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she always does. <laughs> yeah. And, huge bites. <laughs> yeah. And then she sees the bird in the, on like on the bush after it hit the, and she picks it up and starts cutting its head off with the scissors. And not only does she cut the head off, she puts the head of the bird in her pocket in her of pocket. her jacket. Like, yeah, this is for me for one of my toys. Yep, oh my so weird. And then you see like the one of the cult members standing across the street, like watching her. Mm-hmm. And it's another woman just smiling at her, and it's so creepy. It's like, and it wasn't the grandmother, right? No, it was some no. other lady, yeah, and she's just, just smiling. Yeah, and she just kind of like waves at her. It's so creepy. And you can tell Charlie isn't afraid. She's just like aware you know yeah she's kind of like well she's kind of curious because she's kind of like what the who the fuck is this but at the same time you know she doesn't look scared like she just looks like she's like okay cool yeah she's like okay that's weird stranger danger never heard of it (laughs) never heard of it (laughs) (laughs) you got a candy bar i'll get in the car with you it's fine (laughs) as long as it doesn't have nuts (laughs) yeah (laughs) no nuts please (laughs) (laughs) well and then it cuts back to um it cuts back to Annie and she's at home and you hear Steve get home and then she goes to walk out to greet him and she sees that the grandmother's uh, door is open to her bedroom. Oh yeah. And you get that shot of the interior of her bedroom and you kind of see that triangle like Mm -hmm. carved into the floor, like right under where her bed was. And then she goes downstairs and she's like, did you open up my grandma's room? And he, Mm -hmm. or she's like, did you open my mom's room? And he's like, no. She's like, oh, the door was open. And then it like shows him like locking it. And this was also something I wanted to bring up because later on you see that um, Annie and Peter's relationship is not good. 
and mm-hmm. it hasn't been good for a long time. But this scene kind of subtly um, makes you aware of that in like the most subtle way because uh, she's talking to Steve and then you hear Peter like kind of in the background and he's answering like a phone call and he brings it up and he gives it to his dad and he's like, oh, the cemetery called. And he's like, oh, and then Annie asks him, she's like, what for what? And Peter doesn't answer. And as um, Steve's walking away, he's like on the phone. You mm-hmm. see Annie in the background kind of just giving Peter a dirty look. And then she just kind of like, she goes and just walks off. And you kind of get a sense, like mm-hmm. just from that subtle, you know, little interaction with them, you kind of get a sense that they don't have a very good relationship. So I love right. how, I love how Ari Aster kind of subtly puts these like mm-hmm. thing that you wouldn't normally notice the first time you watch it because you're focusing on Steve the first time. Right. What is going on with the cemetery? What is he on the phone about? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when you watch it more than once, you kind of get things like that you wouldn't notice in the background happening. So like that whole, I thought that was really interesting to bring up as well. Yeah, that is interesting. Cause typically you would just see a bad relationship with just constant fighting and quarreling. And yeah. that's because that's really is if you have like a bad relationship with a parent, that's really how it is. It's just constant, like dirty looks like snarky, like not answering each other, stuff like that. It's not always a big blowout fight. So that's very interesting. Like I said, he keeps it real. He keeps planting these little seeds and like he, <laughs> like he keeps building the tension very subtly between Peter and Annie to where it like at the, towards the end of the movie, it blows up like out of proportion. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he's like basically on the phone with the cemetery and they're telling him that uh, the grandmother's grave has been desecrated basically. And he's like, it's only been a week. <laughs> and then this is when you get that whole scene with Annie telling him that she's going to go see a movie, which basically she's been lying to him this whole time. She's like, that's her excuse. She's like, I'm going to go see a movie. And he's like, I love how he never even questions it. He's just like, this is what I'm talking about. He's just so passive. He's like, yes. okay. yeah, he's like, okay, all right, have fun. See you later. Like he doesn't even think that that might be a little weird. I know. And he doesn't, it's like weird that he doesn't ever ask her to go with him either yeah or to like he doesn't invite himself to go with her ever like he's just like okay have fun well and that kind of like paints a picture for their relationship as well like you can tell that they love each other but the communication isn't all there right and um that kind of is their undoing towards the end of this film as well because like if they maybe if they would have communicated better if like this family dynamic was was better like this maybe would have had a different outcome i don't know if they because you can tell that steve doesn't trust her he doesn't i mean i guess she trusts him because i feel like she just thinks he's going to do whatever she wants but and even in the end when she's like i just need you to trust me i know you don't trust me but if they had worked on it before you're like you said it probably would have been a different outcome yep he probably would have trusted her and he probably wouldn't have like thought she was crazy Mm because it's just this whole like keeping these issues to themselves like you know and and steve steve like we said before, he seems like a very strong person, very strong character. And you only ever see him cry towards the end of the film when shit actually like just starts falling apart. Like, cause that scene where he starts crying in the car is the scene where you realize as an audience member that he's hit his breaking point. Like this is when he finally realizes that he can't just go on in denial anymore. Like he has to face like whatever's going on. Um, but I'm jumping ahead. So we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, but then you get this like, <laughs> and I love, the other thing I love about Ari Aster is he has a way of like making moments uncomfortable to the point where you kind of like chuckle. I don't know. Yeah, right. It's, it's like funny. Added, yeah, like, it's but it shouldn't, uncomfortableness. <laughs> but it shouldn't be funny because it's like right. in this next scene, she shows up at this uh, grief group and um, it shows like all of them sitting around and 
he's like, um, so now it's time for anybody that wants to, you know, share anything that's like new to the group. If you've been here, if this is your first time, if your second time and like Annie raises her hand and he's like, okay, do you want, and she's like, maybe not. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, like mm, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, okay, no pressure. And then everybody kind of like looks at her. Everyone's like, yeah, you need to go. There's pressure. And she's like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm Annie. And everyone's like, hi, Annie. <laughs> yeah like that shouldn't be funny but it is so funny she's just like okay I guess I'll go yeah and there and there's like so many things that I love about the scene because not only is this scene kind of uncomfortable to the point where like my first reaction to the scene when she starts because she starts talking about um how her mom died a week ago and how she's just here for trying it and how she came to one of these things a few years ago and then she was like well I was forced to come and she's like and I guess it helped and she talks about how her mom like had all these issues with like dissociative identity disorder and dementia and um, how her dad, how her dad basically had psychotic depression mm-hmm. and starved himself. And she's like, which is just as pleasant as it sounds, which I'm sure it was just as pleasant as it sounds. And then so she's like, dark. it is. And I just remember watching the scene the first time in the theater and kind of being like, but like, <laughs> But not because it was funny, but because that was so uncomfortable because just yes. the way she's like spouting this shit off. Cause then she's like, and then you have my brother. My brother was 16. He had schizophrenia and he hanged himself in my mom's bedroom. And of course the suicide note blamed her, accusing her of putting people inside him. <laughs> <laughs> so much information in that. And that was such a well done monologue for her. Cause she's oh. rambling and rambling. She doesn't even care who's listening, who's there. She's just like, it's like she's getting it all out, but she's still frustrated. Like her yeah. character is so insanely frustrated all the time. And even after like getting out all of that stuff that we like, which was good to know for the rest of the film, because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this kind of makes sense. Even after there's no relief for her. There's never any relief. Nope. Because she doesn't feel like she can share it with her family. Right. Like she feels like she has to keep all of like this grief and loss to herself. Like she never fully, that's like the sad thing about her character in this film. She never fully um like shows her true self to her family until it's too late and then mm-hmm. by then it's like well <laughs> you're fucked so yeah <laughs> maybe like, you should no, have uh maybe so. should have opened up a little sooner you know <laughs> but i love how uh, like, right out she's like that was my mom's life and then it cuts to like a shot of all the people just like looking at her like yeah everyone's like what the fuck <laughs> the fuck and you kind of see joan in that shot too you see joan yes, sitting a off little to bit. the left mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. joan was a very interesting character Oh yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll I'm, get into uh, that. Very mm-hmm. excited to talk about her. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then she talks about how she doesn't want to put any pressure on her family because um, she's like, I don't think they could give me that support. And she's like, sometimes I just feel like it's all ruined. And he's like, and I, I just feel like I'm, I'm to blame. And he's like, well, what do you feel blamed for? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, I'm literally everything. You know. Yeah literally literally anything and everything like she just like she's in that mindset where she just feels like her family is constantly blaming her for everything mm-hmm. and sad. yeah it is re- like it is really sad like and this is just I have to gush about Tony Collette in this movie for a minute because she's so fucking good she's amazing <sighs> like amazing. I've always known that she was a good actress like mm-hmm. in the sixth sense she's amazing in that movie too but oh my gosh like this film and when we get to the whole you know the big scene her reaction to it this is one of the notes I wrote on her reaction to it it's like on point like she couldn't have done it any better 
Oh no. Her emotions, her frustrations, the way that she yells at Peter, it just feels so real. It's like, oh my gosh. Like if she yelled at me, I'd probably shit my pants. Legit. (laughs) Like I was like almost shitting my pants in the theater. I was like, is she yelling? I don't want her to yell at me. Stop yelling. It hurts my ears. so talented oh my god yeah i'm so glad that she was in this because it was perfect for her well and the funny thing is is that she didn't want to do horror like she she was like the only reason she did this movie is because she loved the script that much and that's like that's a testament to ari aster like as a writer to have an actor that doesn't want to be in a horror film but reads your script and loves it so much that they're like i have to do this film Mm -hmm. like that that is any (laughs) that is a compliment that any screenwriter wants to hear let's be real (laughs) (laughs) but um now we're about to get into the the scene of all scenes the scene of all scenes Mm -hmm. because in this next part is when uh it shows charlie in her room and she's working on one of her one of her things and you can see like uh, her room is just covered in like these little trinkets that she's made out of like sticks and and uh, a little mess like so random it is yeah I love it I love it though um so cute yeah but it kind of um I read a I actually kind of read a fun fact that like the the bird's nest and the whole bird thing kind of goes along with her character because she kind of clucks like a bird she because like she does like oh and she almost kind of looks like a bird too yeah it's very interesting looking person in the best way yeah (laughs) but then you kind of just see like while she's doing it you kind of see that that line of light kind of go past her and it Mm -hmm. goes towards the window so then she follows it outside and while she's following outside you got to get these like cuts in between of um of annie and i think see and i don't know i might be going out on a limb here but i feel like the people at the archer gallery are in on this too oh because there's because there's little things that set Annie off in this mm-hmm. film that maybe if if she wouldn't have gotten set off things would have happened differently as well because mm-hmm. you get that scene where she's chopping up vegetables to make for dinner and she gets that text message from the archer gallery basically saying like can we see what you've done so far and you can kind of tell like she's like oh, like she gets like she gets that look on her face where she's pissed off right she's and, so frustrated about mm-hmm. it and then it cuts directly to that scene where she's putting the miniatures together like what they're going to look like in the gallery and then peter walks in and mm-hmm. so she's already irritated because of yes. that text message so it's almost like to me it seems like all of these like moments that happen to like lead to her being irritated are gaslighting her so i'm like i almost wonder if like yeah. these people are are all in on it like the people at the archer gallery like they're like oh we know what will set her off so we'll just send her you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like um she, and i love this interaction with her and peter because like this is like the first unsubtle reaction or this is the unsubtle scene that you get that the relationship's not right so he comes in and she, he's like hey so i was wondering if i could use the car for a couple hours and she's like why where are you going and he's like oh just like a school barbecue thing and she's like no drinking and he's like well, we couldn't even get drinks if we wanted to. And she's like, well, that's a crock. I was just asking if you're going to be drinking. <laughs> and he's like, well, I just answered. Yeah. And he's like, well, I just answered no. And she's like, um, you going to bring your sister? And he's like, I don't know. Does she want to go? And she's like, I don't know. Have you asked her? <laughs> it's so funny. It's like so classic frustrated teenager and frustrated parent. And it's so <laughs> realistic. <laughs> so realistic. Like that's a, what would happen. Hey, I'm going to a barbecue and I'm actually going to a party to get fucked up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I love that. Um, but then you get that shot of Charlie where she's back outside and she's like walking towards um, this like field. And uh, you just basically see the mom, the grandmother's body like sitting there. 
and she's surrounded by like a ring of fire, which I'm sorry, does no one else in this neighborhood notice that? Like you can see yeah. houses, you know, in the distance. Right. Does, does nobody and call, you know, the Annie floor? comes up behind her. Did she not see it? Right. That's what I'm thinking. It. Because yeah. like, you know, cause you know, later on that obviously what Charlie's seen is real. Like it's, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fake. But for some reason, Annie, does, maybe Annie's just so more concerned so about getting, wrapped up in Yeah, because she's like, Charlie, what are you doing? <laughs> Coming out here barefoot. You can't walk around without no shoes and no coat. <laughs> they are so on Charlie. It's so funny. <laughs> I know. And Charlie's like, I want grandma. And she's like, oh, so you're angry with me now? <laughs> and I love this whole scene where she comes back in the house and she's like, you're going to this party with your brother. And she's like, why? And she's like, so you can hang out, so you can meet new people. And she's like, I don't, uh, so you can hang out with your brother. And she's like, that's okay. And she's like, no, it's not okay. You're going. Okay. Yeah. And you can tell Peter's just kind of like, fuck. Yeah, he's like, fuck my life, dude. Because <laughs> like, if you've ever been a teen, obviously we've been teenagers before. Mm-hmm. If we've ever had to take our younger siblings out to places, we're just like, <sighs> nobody wants to take their little sister to a party. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, Charlie's like fine and she's like good you're going and then she's like this really means no drinking he's like yeah we really weren't going to <laughs> it's just so typical and so real I love it and that's what makes it comedic comedic to me because it's not it's not funny in the sense that it's like comedy but it's funny in the sense that like everybody that watches this film can relate to these scenes yes, because they're everybody like oh my has god. gone through that <laughs> you're like oh my god I've had this exact conversation with my mom before mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. literally that's the thing that I love about Ari Aster is he just makes these his films so realistic. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like and I, that's I, why it's so insidious to you because, like I said before, it's could that could be your neighbor's house. Yeah, going on in there, it's crazy. It, it's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then you uh, get them. You get the scene where they arrive at the party, and uh, it's like this really big, beautiful house. Yeah, it's like a bumping party. Mm-hmm. it's like the party that i would have liked to go to in high school I know, yeah. <laughs> um i didn't get invited to those <laughs> me either i wasn't cool enough i guess <laughs> well not to mention i probably wouldn't have gotten to like the me now would have probably gone to a party back in the day but like me in high school like i didn't drink i didn't smoke i didn't do anything like the first time i think the first time i ever drank alcohol was when i was like 21 I turned wow. 20. The first time I ever smoked weed was when I was 26. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm, I've, I've always been kind of a straight edge kind of kid. Yeah, I like I just, say straight shooter. Love yeah. that for you. <laughs> um, I didn't have, I definitely have had nights of drinking Rubinoff at woods parties, you know, Hey, I'm sleeping at my friend's house. So I'm actually dying from alcohol pussing. <laughs> Call 911, please. Literally. <laughs> Call an ambulance. I'm dying. Yeah. Well, and I didn't have sex either until I was, uh, 20 oh my gosh straight yeah. shooter good i know you. yeah That's okay. I, was, I was a good child i was see okay. the funny thing is is i'm um, not to go off topic here for a minute but mm-hmm. i was like a nightmare child like for my parents like oh. i was a nightmare when i was like those terrible twos yeah me toddler. too yeah and then i was like a really good teenager mm-hmm. like i didn't do anything wrong the 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 worst thing i ever did when i was a teenager was i skipped school for a couple a couple times and i wasn't smart enough to cover my tracks because that's how much i didn't get in trouble so it was like i wasn't smart enough to like be like oh maybe i should like forge a note for my mom saying that i'm sick or something or call right. into the school and you know i wasn't smart enough to do that so the school obviously called my mom my mom found out about it and I got in really huge trouble for it. I was like grounded for a month because of it. Oh no. 
But that was like, <laughs> that was, I mean, if that paints a picture for you, how I was in high school, yeah. that's the worst mm-hmm. thing I ever did in high school was skip class. We skip school, yeah. <laughs> the make out with my girlfriend that was at the time before, you know, obviously before I was, you know, found out I was gay, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, that was, sorry, that was a bit of a soapbox, but, um, no, that's funny. I love it. Yeah, but you get this scene where you get to the party, you know, and uh, you see these girls in the kitchen. They're like making a cake, and the amount of fucking nuts that they're cutting on this cutting board is absolutely literally ridiculous. mass amounts of nuts. It's so much nuts. <laughs> like it's so many nuts. It, which is which also begs the question to me. It's like, is there somebody at this party that knew that Charlie was going to be there? Interesting, because and, like who. Because it's, you know, the 2000s, everybody is allergic to nuts. Who intentionally puts stuff with nuts in it now? Like now it's just right. like peanut free life. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting, actually. I didn't really think about that. Because it's like, because, well, because like the more you watch this film, you realize that like the events that happen are already orchestrated and predetermined mm-hmm. by this cult that's like running this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything that happens to Charlie was predetermined. It was already planned from the beginning. And so it's like, you wonder like how many people they actually have involved with this whole cult yeah, thing. That's very interesting. So it's like, is somebody at this party involved too? Because like mm-hmm. these, these fucking nuts, dude, insane. <laughs> Mass nuts of nuts. I've never seen that many nuts. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wish we could see more nuts, but you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never seen that many nuts in my life, but. Nope. <laughs> um but then you get that like awkward interaction with peter and uh uh peter and charlie where he's like do you want to go do you want to just uh sit down here and draw for a minute and she's like no and because you get the shot the scene with the girl where he's talking to the girl Mm -hmm. that girl sucks by the way i know she's kind of a bitch right oh she's such a bitch yeah i was like oh my god i can't believe he likes her yeah because he's like bad because he's like oh hey and she's like oh hi like she's just basically like what do you want and he's like (laughs) how's the party? And she's like, why do you want to know if you should come? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, either way, like, yeah. she's so like, whatever about it. And so he's like, rude. he's like, do you smoke at all? I have some really good weed. And she's like, there, uh, the, uh, there's a bong in the bedroom upstairs. <laughs> and so and they're like, to- all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then while it's doing that, it's cutting back and forth between him and Annie. Cause mm-hmm. Annie's at home, uh, working on one of her miniatures and she like there's a miniature setup where it's like her and Steve sleeping in bed and the grandma's like standing in the doorway watching Ooh. them sleep like yes. with, it's so creepy like the whole <laughs> thing is just creepy like it's so like eerie. and it ugh, I don't know it so it, it I like I like the way they um set up the whole like side plot with these miniatures because it kind of shows you things that have happened in the past but it also foreshadows things to come as well mm-hmm. like with the with the with the and also I like the metaphor behind these miniatures because it's almost like people are constantly, you get these shots in this movie that are very like far away where it almost looks like someone's peeking in on their life. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, yeah, actually. Yeah. And it's almost mm-hmm. like these, they're the family themselves are like in these miniatures being controlled by outer forces, which I love. Like, I love I the love whole, meta, me, mm-hmm, I love the whole metaphor with these like miniatures because it's yes. almost like foreshadowing the fact that this family is living inside this house but they're being controlled by this cult so it's mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah very it's very interesting like it is oh i love it the subtext in this film i love it <laughs> we're getting very deep on this episode today we are i love it <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so he's like do you want to do you want to sit down here and draw and she's like no he's like charlie 
come on, please. He's like, do this for me. I'm trying to get laid here. Yeah, like, he's, he's like, like come the on, worst brother. Woman. <laughs> he's like literally the worst brother in the world, though. Oh, horrible. Because one, regardless if I wanted my sister to go to this party, I would not leave her with a bunch of teenage boys like mm-hmm. by herself because right, it's exactly. like you never know what could happen. I mean, obviously the worst that could happen happens, but <laughs> it's exactly. like you're leaving her downstairs alone with all these older people and it's like something bad could happen I don't know right she could start drinking like she could start smoking I thought the I thought those were going to be like weed brownies or something that she was eating yeah it's not so basically it's worse for her but you know it's just he's such a bad brother he really is he really is and the funny thing is is um that was my first thought too when I watched it in the theater I heard my friend next to me go because it shows the cake and I was Mm -hmm. like I was like what is there weed in it because (laughs) I completely forgot that the nuts like the right see you kind of just like the first time you see it, you kind of just go past it. You're just like, oh, chopping nuts, whatever. And then. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I bet that's a weed cake. That was yep. my first thought was like, why are you gasping? It's just a cake with weed in it. Can't hurt her that bad. Right. And then I realized, oh shit, it has nuts in it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you get that, you get that scene of them upstairs, basically smoking. And he's like getting the stuff ready. And um, the girl like asked him, she's like, is that your sister downstairs? And he's like, yeah, that's Charlie. And she's like, I saw her drawing me last week. She made me look retarded. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's Charlie for you. <laughs> yeah. And then that yeah. other guy in the room is like, is she hot? Like, oh, yeah. Gross, typical guy. <laughs> He's like, is your sister hot? Yeah. It's like, um, she's underage and no. <laughs> like 13. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. And then it like keeps cutting back and forth between Charlie because like you can tell like she's eating the cake and then you can hear her wheezing. Like she's mm-hmm. like starting to like... <gasps> And she goes to get some water because she starts to notice. Oh, this this scene is intense. Oh my god, literally nightmare fuel. Oh my god, so yeah. Scary. And uh, so like it cuts back to them in the bedroom, and then you hear Charlie come in, and she's like, "Peter," <laughs> and he's like, "He's, he's like, like yeah." And she's like, "It's hard to breathe." And he's like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "I think my throat's getting bigger." Oh. And so, like, the music in the scene, too, is mm-hmm. just intense as fuck. And, like, like this- him running out, just, like, carrying her like a baby. He's like, fuck. Like, it's like he knows. He's mm-hmm. like, I, she's literally going to die. Well, and it's like, I guess maybe you're not thinking about that in the moment. But why didn't he just call his mom and have her meet him, like, halfway or something? Yeah, like, that's what I, I would have done. I would have been like, um. Or call 911. Yeah, or maybe bring the EpiPen with you. Yeah, I don't get that. Because then we're they're at the funeral and she's like, we don't have the EpiPen. It's like, the EpiPen. Why didn't you bring the right? EpiPen? <laughs> right. If you if if she's that allergic to nuts, maybe you should just mm-hmm. bring the EpiPen wherever you go. That might exactly. be a good idea. Mm-hmm. But you know. That's just <laughs> I digress. <laughs> yeah. So it like cuts to them like driving down the road and Charlie's like basically like choking in the back seat, like kicking at the oh. door. Which is so horrible to watch because she's literally suffocating. It's so sad. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And then um, he like rolls or she like rolls down the window and she's like sticking her head out and he's like mm-hmm. drive. He's like going like a hundred miles down this road. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see like this deer carcass like laying in the middle of the road, which I think was purposeful. I think the colt laid it there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. Yep. Cause uh, yeah. Cause it's just laying in the road. He swerves. And he like swerves to miss it. And then Charlie's still sticking out the window. And then she just fucking gets decapitated by this telephone pole. And I have to tell you. I I was not expecting that. Like me either. 
And that's the genius behind the marketing of this film because they make this movie, like the trailer, they make this movie seem like it centers all around Charlie. Like it Mm -hmm. makes it seem like she's the main character. She's the reason why all this weird shit is happening. But nope. But she's she's dead, not even halfway through the movie. She's like 30 minutes in and she's dead. It's so Mm -hmm. crazy. And like, this is what I'm talking about with the reaction of the theater. Everybody was like. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask you, what did people scream or were they just like, oh my God like no words it was silence it was dead silence for Mm -hmm. that entire scene like it was insane did you did you catch the the next time that you watched it i when i watched last night i noticed this when they were driving to the party they panned in on the (laughs) double so and then i was like oh i wouldn't have realized that before yeah and the symbols carved into the telephone pole too (gasps) i didn't even notice that yeah the symbol that's on the necklace that uh annie and her mom are wearing it's carved into the telephone pole too yeah, that carcass was definitely intentional, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, um, oh, my God. Yeah, this, I was, like, my mouth was open. Like, literally, I was, like, Ooh, for, like, sick. yeah, for, like, five minutes. And he's just, like, you get this, like, really, and this is, like, a testament to Alex Wolf's acting as well, because he has some questionable mm-hmm. scenes in this film that we'll get to I later do. that I'm just kind of, mm-hmm. like, you could have done better, but... This scene particularly is really good because it's just that one shot where it's on his face for a really long time. And he he's really good at keeping his eyes open. He doesn't blink a lot in this. Yeah, no, he doesn't. You're right. And I'm like, how the fuck do you keep your eyes open for that long? Um, But he's just sitting there like kind of like in shock. And a lot of people ask this question. I ask this question, too. It's like, why the hell would he leave his sister's dead body in the backseat and not tell his parents anything? But I think a lot of it is because one he's in shock and two i think he doesn't want to believe that that's what just happened because he's Mm -hmm. sitting there sitting there like looking out and he like goes to look in the mirror but he looks away because i don't think he wants to face the reality of what he's just done Mm -hmm. and then he's sitting there he's like you're okay you're okay and the first time i watched it i assumed he was talking about himself but i think Mm -hmm. he's talking about charlie i think he's trying to tell himself in his head that charlie's okay and everything's Mm -hmm. fine this isn't real this isn't this is just a bad dream so then he like drives home leaves his sister's body in the back of the freaking car goes to bed goes to bed yeah i think that's probably the best trauma reaction that i've seen Mm -hmm. because i feel like any person would never react the same in that situation yeah especially with him being he seems so emotionally detached anyways like he wasn't sad about the funeral he's kind of just going with he's a teenage boy he smokes a lot of weed whatever he was kind of just like Oh, probably has never felt this emotion before in his whole life. And he just yeah. shuts, totally shuts down. So interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then you hear like when he's coming up the stairs, you hear Annie and they're like, oh good, they're home. And, he, and oh, it's so sad. Yeah. And then he just goes in his room and just lays on the bed. And this is like the, right? Like nothing ever happened. <laughs> it's fine. And then in the morning. Well, yeah, because that's what I was talking about with this like long shot of him not blinking. Because it's like a yeah, he's god. like laying on the bed, like oh my god, it's so interesting. It's like a minute and a half long shot too. Yeah. It's a pretty freaking long shot because then it could, like slowly fades into him just laying in bed. And I love how Ari Aster does the scene because you don't see, like he doesn't rely on. I mean, you do see a shot um, in a second that's kind of like whoa, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I didn't even have time to cover my eyes, but right. he doesn't show you 
the scene unfolding he he lets you listen to it and that's mm-hmm. almost more disturbing to me than actually seeing annie react to it because you hear her react to it because you hear her she's like i'm gonna go out to get some more fossil wood and mm-hmm. he's like okay drive safe and you hear her go out and you hear her open the door and then you hear her like <gasps> and then you, she just her fucking scream in this movie is like oh my god that blood curdling scream i literally like i said i she couldn't have done it any better i know it's like oh my gosh <sighs> <sighs> And this was the first movie I'd ever seen where I had seen grief portrayed so realistically before, mm-hmm. because you watch these other horror movies where, you know, where people die and they're just kind of like, they're sad, obviously they're crying and stuff like that. But I've never seen a movie do this sort of like guttural reaction where it's just like, I feel like this is, if I had kids and my, one of my kids died, this is exactly how I would be because right. they're like, yeah, you hear her screaming and then it cuts to that. It jump cuts to that shot of Charlie's head like in the, mm-hmm. on the side of the road with ants crawling all over it. it was oh, it's so it was gross. Horrible. And her jaws like dislocated and her tongue's like sticking out. It's like, ah. <laughs> so gross. And then it cuts to her in the bedroom with Steve. And she's like, just basically in the fetal position on the floor. Like, she's like, I just want to die. Like, I just want to die. Just let me die. And it's so. I feel like that's such a real reaction to losing a child. I, it literally couldn't have been done any better. It really couldn't have. Like, yes. her, oh. I wonder, like, I, I would just love to pick Tony Collette's brain about this film and like ask her where she went, like where her mind went to get into this scene, like to prepare. Right, to feel that reaction. Cause it's like, holy shit. Like, I don't know if I could ever do that. Like, <sighs> I know she should have gotten a fucking Oscar for this film. Yeah, she should have. She a was damn robbed. Chain. I know. <laughs> robbed. Robbed. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but yeah, you just get like that slow. And this scene's so uncomfortable to watch. I just remember like the first time watching, and even still, it's uncomfortable. It's it's just her reaction and just seeing her just absolutely shattered and devastated. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's so uncomfortable it's disturbing because it's like oh my gosh as a viewer you don't really know what you're supposed to feel because you feel bad for peter but then like he's irresponsible and they hate each other and now she obviously hates him even more and it's just like yeah you know where it's gonna go from here and you know it's not gonna be well it's not gonna be good good. no yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then like it just like slowly like pans over to peter and he's just standing in the hallway and then you get that next shot of like the casket going down, which is the shot that they used in the trailer at the beginning. Oh, yes. Which is genius to me because I love that going down into the dirt with her. Yeah. Because you never know, like you never realize that that's like Charlie. You think mm-hmm. that's because the, of the way they do it at the beginning in the trailer, they make you think it's the grandma. Oh, true. And, and yeah, because they make in the trailer, they make it seem like this whole thing is based around Charlie and then she's dead. It's there genius. Yeah. It's so genius. And uh, yeah, (laughs) and I like this whole I like this whole like next scene because you get the whole funeral scene and, you know, people are coming and going and then uh, you get the scene where Annie is just laying in bed like it just shows her laying in bed and then Steve walks up and he goes in the room, but she's not in the room anymore. And then he walks up to Charlie's room and he's just like looking through her notebook, like stuff that she drew. And the last picture that she drew was the pigeon or like the pigeon that hit the window in its head with the crown on it, which is hinting, mm-hmm. which is hinting to the end of the movie as well. So much, so much subtle foreshadowing so in the film. And can I just say, I know you're going to ask me what my favorite scene is, but the final scene is my favorite scene. Ooh. Cause I was sort of like, oh, 
gasp. I'm like, yeah. oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this makes sense. It all makes, yeah. <laughs> it all comes together at the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I like how it just like goes to the next page and it's blank. And he just kind of is sitting there on the bed. And I don't know, it's just so realistic. The way they portray grief in this mm-hmm. film is just so, I don't know. Cause I, and I like how he like does it to where everybody kind of does it in a different way the way they all kind of like um deal with their grief like annie basically goes up into the treehouse to to sleep because that's where charlie used to sleep and she has like two heaters up there like next to her and she's just like sleeping in bed and then you get the shot of peter laying in bed and he can see like the light in the treehouse go on because of the heaters and then it cuts to him um smoking weed underneath the bleachers with these yeah. Well, in the first he's in the classroom because it shows him in the classroom and like he's not even paying attention because like the the voice is like drowned out from the teacher. You can kind of hear it almost like he's underwater. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because he looks up and you see like the rearview mirror. Oh, yes. Yes. And that's so like cool. a trauma flashback. Yeah. And then he has a panic attack when he's smoking with his friends. Yeah, which I wonder if they actually did get high for this scene because this is literally I'm like watching the scene and I'm like, this is so realistic to how people the act when they're, they're high. Just- yeah. <laughs> They're like, have you, did you add Becky on Facebook? And he's like, why the fuck would I add Becky on Facebook? He's like, bro, he calls his girlfriend princess. That's so stupid. <laughs> They're just like talking about stupid shit. Stupid shit. And he, yeah, he starts having a reaction, which is kind of like the way that um, Charlie was reacting when she had the peanut allergy. So it's like, he's almost kind of taking on these like symptoms that Charlie experienced. Cause he's like, it's hard to breathe. And this is like the one scene where I kind of find tr- uh, cringy at the end like towards oh, the end of it when he's like hold my dad I hated that I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was so cringy he's like crying hold my hand it's just like mm, okay <laughs> it's like no I'm good <laughs> <laughs> but then you get that like shot of him getting home and you get that really cool like overhead shot of the car you can see Annie like laying inside the car oh yeah mm-hmm and he's kind of just standing at the front door. Like, he's like, I don't want to go inside. Cause he's like, yeah, he's like Ooh. prepping himself. He's like, fuck, I have to go inside. Yep. And then as soon as he goes in the door, she drives off and she goes back to the grief meeting and she's just sitting in her car, but then she decides not to go in. And so she's like about to leave. And then this is when you meet the character of Joan. Joan, the glue of it all. <laughs> but she's like, Oh, hi. Sorry to chase you. So animated. It's so yeah. funny. And she's, um, have you seen The Handmaid's Tale? I have, yeah. Okay, so yes, she's from The Handmaid's Tale. And she just, I always connect her to that. And it's kind of a similar character. I love her. She's awesome. Me she's too. like a warm, welcoming, motherly character. And mm-hmm. that's how she draws her right in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I first watched this movie, I was like, there's something with her. I don't yeah, trust right? her. She's yeah, we sweet. don't trust her. Joan's sweet, but I don't trust her. There's mm-hmm. something weird. She's too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and then i love how um the interaction between them she's like sorry i didn't mean to chase you down i just remember you from a few uh months ago and she's like how are you doing and annie's like what and she's like since your mother and she's like oh no that's not and she's like my daughter was killed and she's like oh i'm so so sorry <laughs> she's like how old was yours and she's like 13 and then annie is like i really did forget something because she's like were you were you not coming in and she's like oh no i just i forgot something i (laughs) I just i gotta go (laughs) yeah and then she's like my son died which i've always found this kind of weird because it's like she talks about her son and her grand grandson but when when they do the seance scene later she conjures up her grandson yeah why not her son i've always found that weird it's like did your i don't know 
It's interesting. Yeah. Because why yeah. wouldn't it be her son? I don't know. I've always found that weird because I was like, yeah. why wouldn't, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. And well, and I love how Annie's trying to leave and Joan like basically tries to draw her in by talking about her son and her grandson. Mm-hmm. And um, she talks about how they drowned. And uh, the youngest one was seven. But then she basically is like, if you need somebody to talk to, which we all do, she basically gives her a number. And then I love how she's like, bye bye. Like as she's driving <laughs> off, she's like, bye bye. <laughs> <sighs> well, and then I really love this interaction between her and Steve in the next scene because this is like when she gets home and Steve's like, where were you? And she's like, I was at the movies. And she's like, I'm going to go to bed. And he's like, I'll come up with you. And she's like, okay. Like you can tell she's just like, whatever about it. Yeah. And you get that shot of them laying in bed together and he, he like goes to touch her and she like tenses up. You can tell they're not very intimate with each other either. Right, right. That's when you get that other part of the relationship there that they definitely don't like the the love and affection is not there. And they haven't been for a while either. Cause like anytime she kisses him in the movie, like at the, towards the beginning, it's always just like a quick peck. Like Mm -hmm. she never, like she never lingers too long on it. It it almost seems like it makes her uncomfortable. Like the intimacy and the affection makes her uncomfortable because maybe that's just how she grew up. She's not used to it because her she talked about her how her mom was just not this not a very loving person right and her whole family dynamic was so odd and yeah yeah so you get like this like really awkward tension with her and steve and she she's like i'll be right back and he's like no you won't you're taking the blanket (laughs) it's so sad because it's like it it really really paints a picture for how this family is like handling their grief and it it's kind of sad because it's just like there's no communication between them at all they're so and, separate and they all deal with it individually and they will never intertwine and tell each other. Yep. And that's the sad thing. Cause it's like, they're a family. They should be able to like rely on each other, but they don't mm-hmm. like, they're all just kind of, they, they're, they just go, it's almost like they're, and it, it's like, they have the worst chemistry in the best way. Cause it's yes. like, and I don't mean they have bad chemistry because they're not good actors. I mean, they have bad chemistry in the sense that like, they almost don't seem like a family period. Like mm-hmm. none it's of them. It's like they just live together. Yeah. It's like they're all living under one roof and just tolerating each other, basically mm-hmm. walking on eggshells around each other all the time. And that's such a interesting way to paint a family dynamic. It's so interesting. Like not, right. not one of them interacted with each other. It, with, I mean, Peter and the son seem to have, or Peter and his dad seem to have a pretty good relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you can mo- see him like kind of like touching him at the dinner table, like kind of like a more like, underneath kind of just bond like they don't really express it all it just seems like they're bonded but yeah it's interesting yeah it's a very Mm -hmm. i just can't talk highly enough about this film how good ari aster does about painting this family dynamic and uh and the fact that he wanted it to just be a family drama and then he's like all right let's make it crazy it's just it's perfect it's literally oh yeah oh yeah um and then yeah, so she goes out to the treehouse to sleep again. And then this is like one of the next scares that you get because uh, Peter's just laying in his bed, like looking at the glow of the light and you kind of hear just like the... Yes. So, and that's I, when he starts to feel it and he's like totally taken over by this whole thing. It's mm-hmm. so It's so freaky because he, sta- he sits up and he's like looking around his room and for a second you see like what looks like someone's hunched over. Mm-hmm. Little, it's just, yeah. mm-hmm. it's <laughs> like, Ooh. and that, that creeps me out because sometimes I think I see stuff in my room all the time. Right, We do that all the time. We're like adjusting our eyes. They're like, what the fuck is that? And you're like, Oh, it's my chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's my clothes hamper. It's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, then you get like the next scene where 
Annie's working on one of her miniatures. I think she's actually, because uh, I forgot to mention this, when she's talking to her daughter at the beginning in the bedroom scene, she sees like words oh, on the yes, wall. Oh, yeah, your headboard, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like DeMonto or something, DeMonta something, something demonic. Yeah, right. I mean. yeah. And so she's like <laughs> basically replicating that. She's doing like a, a repli- replica of her daughter's room and she's kind of like carving that into the wall behind the bed. And she goes to, and I didn't notice this the first time I watched this. It took me a couple of times to notice this, but did you notice that when she goes to grab the paint, it falls over on its own? Yes, I did notice that last night. I was kind of like, mm, how did that fall over? Also, the way that she was drying it was pissing me off so much. Oh, that she's just like, dabbing it? Yeah, I'm like, you're making it so much worse. <laughs> she's like smearing it all over. She's just like, oh, Ugh, yeah like, oh my God. <laughs> i'm glad i'm not the only one because that was like really bothering me with my ocd i was like oh my it's god all over the paper i'm like oh my god you're making it so much worse but yeah you're right it did fall over on its own mm-hmm. yeah it and it just happens to fall over on the piece of paper that joan gave her with her mm-hmm. number on it mm-hmm. and uh so then in this next scene i really really love this scene with her and joan um yes and uh so she gets there and uh she sees like the the welcome mat on the on the ground in front of the door and so then joan's like oh annie come on in and she's like so warm welcoming (laughs) she's like and then she's like i know it was earlier than we said and she's like oh you're fine come on in and she's like you're welcome matt it's uh oh and she's like isn't that uh isn't it cute and she's like oh yeah my mom used to embroider ones just like that and she's like isn't that funny and that was the moment in the movie when i realized okay like she's not she's not because at first i was already having suspicions about her and then when i saw that i was like okay she's definitely yeah you're like okay that makes sense she's hiding something yeah well and i love in this scene where you get like her describing like the scene the aftermath because she's like Mm um first there was the smell of something wrong and then the body it was like covered black like tar and I her head wasn't there, so I couldn't see her face, but they yeah. were her hands and like her fingernails and fingernails. stuff like that. Like, yeah. Oh and then she takes a moment because she's like, because Joan, because Joan goes out to touch her hand, and like Annie kind of like recoils. You can tell she's not comfortable with her touching her, and mm-hmm. uh, she like takes some pills, and then she goes to take a drink, and like what? Oh, yeah. What is it that's on her? I think it's like paint. I yeah, it's, say like it's a like, little black thing. But it's so noticeable in the shot that it has to mean something. I think it's like paint chips or something. I don't know. It's something. It's something. Um, yeah. And I find this scene really interesting because um, I want to get on the su- back on the subject of gaslighting for a second because, mm-hmm. and the reason why I brought this up with the whole, I feel like people are intentionally gaslighting her to cause her to get even more angry with her family and be more isolated because Joan, for some, whatever reason, randomly brings Peter up. She brings, oh, cause she's like, yeah. how's your relationship with your son? And, um, Annie's like, she gets in the story about how she sleepwalks and, uh, how that scene is just so chilling the way she's describing mm-hmm. it. Cause she's like one night, uh, when Peter and Charlie shared a room, um, I woke up and I was completely covered in paint that paint thinner. And so were they like from head to toe. And she's like, I had a box of matches and an empty can of paint thinner. And then she's like, I woke myself up striking the match, which also woke Peter up. And she talks about how he like was freaking out. And then she says it was like impossible to convince them that it was just sleepwalking. And then she's like, but of course it was. <laughs> right. But then it's like, it's so interesting how she legitimately doesn't take accountability for it. Like she's like, 
I was there. It just happened. And I was sleepwalking. Like, it's like, she was so close to lighting her children on fire. And she, I feel like she truly didn't really have remorse for it. She really was just like, Peter won't forgive me. And I don't know what to do about it. Like she was kind of playing the victim almost. Yeah. She's kind of like, Oh, pity me. Like I tried to kill my kids and now they won't forgive me for it. It's like, um, I probably would too. Do you blame them? (laughs) Your son was probably terrified of you. (laughs) But I also, yeah. Well, and I also think that, um, like, I think her sleepwalking is kind of trying her trying to tell herself that something's wrong here and she's trying to end it before it can get anywhere like her her basically her sleepwalking episodes where she's trying to kill herself and her family is basically trying to prevent her prevent these events from happening so subconsciously that's what i was trying to think subconsciously her mind like she already knows that something bad is going to happen so like these dreams are a manifestation of her trying to like stop this from happening right trying to get everybody out of it Yeah. yeah interesting yeah well and i also i also find this interesting just because i just i honestly feel like joan is gaslighting her this whole time like Mm -hmm. because in the next scene she's obviously in a mood again and like this is when the whole dinner scene happens which oh yeah oh my gosh yeah the dinner scene well and it's so (laughs) funny because first you get the scene of uh peter getting home and his dad's like making dinner and he's like um, did you sign up for that SCT prep course? And he's like, oh, I'll do it later. He's like, yeah, but you got to get on that because it's coming up. Yeah, like, and he just trails away up into his room, closes the door, like teenage things. Yeah, and the dad doesn't even care. He's like, mm, whatever. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess it'll get done. <laughs> yeah. And then it, I love the next scene when he comes in to tell Annie that it's time for dinner and she's fucking, she did the the replica of the telephone pole and the car and you can see charlie's like body hanging out of the car (laughs) and she doesn't think that anything's wrong with it she's like what it's a neutral view of the accident and steve's like what the fuck are you making (laughs) he's like jesus christ annie how do you think peter's gonna feel when he sees this and she's like what this isn't about him and he's like no and she's like no it's a neutral view of what you said basically (laughs) And he's like, are you coming down to dinner? And she's like, I'm making dinner. And he's like, no, I made the dinner. I came to get you. Come stay, whatever the hell you want. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> so fucking mad. He snaps. He really snaps. But he's still so calm about it. But yeah, like if that's him getting mad, then like, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, cool. <laughs> and then, oh my God, this whole dinner scene is just <sighs> fantastic. Something to digest for sure. Because they're just sitting there and it's just so awkward and quiet. So and, ooh, and I'm I'm with Annie on this one. The way he's fucking eating and like clanking his silverware against yeah. the and I'm just like sitting there like oh. I know. And he's like hunched over his food and like just the way he's eating it. I'm just like, oh my god, I would want to rip your head off too. Oh my god. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and uh he's basically like, This uh this was really good, dad. And he's like, Thanks, buddy. And then you just gotta hear Annie go, Yeah. <laughs> It's the subtle snarkiness. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, and I love how and I love. Says it about him too. She's like, "You always have a snarky look on your face." So I'm like, "Girl, you literally do the same exact thing." <laughs> you're basically the reason why this whole conversation started because you're sitting yeah. there like making all these passive aggressive. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Are you okay, mom?" And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Well, it seems like you might want to say something." And she's like, "Well, why would I want to say something so I can watch you sneer at me?" He's like, "Sneer at you? I don't sneer at you." She's like, "Oh, sweetie, you don't have to. You get your point across." <laughs> and then it's just—it's a snowball. It just gets oh, worse God. and worse. 
And her acting in the scene is fucking so good because she's like, the don't you swear at me, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> she raises her voice, she swears at him. And then she's like, don't you raise your voice and don't you swear at me. And the yep. way that she's yelling, she's so red in the face. Her veins are popping. Like it's true, true anger. It's and her so fucking good. eyes are popping out of her head yes. too. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, don't yell at me. I'm scared. When <laughs> I love how she's like... <laughs> Well, she's like, all I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. <laughs> Literally the face, the fucking face on your face. <laughs> Kills me. <laughs> and she basically talks about like, which, I mean, I think her anger is somewhat understandable to an extent because it's just like, if I were in her position, like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't tell me that you killed my daughter basically like Mm -hmm. I know she's like I know it was an accident and I know you miss her and and I know you're in pain and she's like I wish I could take that away for you I wish I could take away the knowledge that you did what you did and and then she's talking about like what a waste because she's like if you would have just said sorry or owned up to it but you can't Mm -hmm. take responsibility for anything so I can't forgive you for this like she's basically Mm -hmm. like I can't forgive you Mm-hmm. And then she's like, it could have brought us together, but it's totally ripping us apart. So she's aware in that part. And then you get it because it's like, he should have said, sorry, he should have done something, but that is also probably his grief reaction too. Yeah. Like he's completely pretending like it didn't happen. So that on her part, she's not taking that into account. And they both, they just like, couldn't rub each other the wrong way anymore. <laughs> like they couldn't be more opposite, I think. Right. And I love how yeah. the dad's just sitting here through this whole thing. Like he just sits there the whole time. <laughs> He's like, that's enough. Yeah. He doesn't even raise his voice at all. He's just like, <laughs> I said, stop. And she's yeah. like, fine. Well, I love how first he brings up. Cause like she sits back down. Um, Cause she's like, nobody <laughs> admits anything they've done. And I'm like, she sits down and he's like, what about you, mom? She didn't want to go to the party. So why was she there? And I was like, Oh, oh my God, it's shit. so bad. And the look she gives him too, she's like pure hatred. She's like, yeah, I just want like, I literally hate you. Yeah. She's like, I want to reach across the table and just fucking strangle you until you die right now. <laughs> and then she's like, fine. <laughs> and then she just walks off and you get that really, that's what I'm talking about with like these really like far away shots. You get like, yeah, that it's really, like someone's watching them and controlling them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. You get to get like a really long shot of her just walking away. And then uh, it cuts to her where she's just sitting in her studio and you get like the note that says keep about keep working mm-hmm. and so she, and she goes to the store and oh my god the scene with joan i wanted yeah. to talk about this so bad because i was watching this with my friend my friend mm-hmm. brooke um and we were watching this movie and she's like oh my god if she touches her again in the scene i'm gonna freak out yeah she, she touches her so much in the scene <laughs> that's so true yeah i didn't really even think about it oh yeah because she's like oh annie <laughs> Oh, and the way that she runs, she's like, oh, <laughs> with, her, with her arms up in the air. She's like, she's like, how are you? And she's like, oh, I'm good. I'm really, really good. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing here? She's like shopping. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. She's like, that's not weird at all that we happen to be in the same place at the same time. Okay. Right. But yeah. okay. <laughs> and then she's basically talking about how she, um, well, she's like, I don't even know if I should say. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, you're going to think I sound completely crazy. She's like, not at all. And she's like, okay, come here. And she like, uh, she just touches her so much in the scene. It makes me uncomfortable too. Mm, yeah. And, she's and, so touchy and 
peppy and quirky and it's just too much. Yeah. I mean, I'm a touchy person by nature. Like I, I love to hug people. I love, Mm -hmm. you know, like when I talk to people, sometimes I'll like touch them on the arm or, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. So like, I'm no stranger to being touchy to people, but it's like, holy fuck, this woman knows no, no limits, no boundaries. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, she's basically talking about how, um, she went to like the seance and, uh, how, um, she talked to the medium afterward and, uh, she told her about her son and her grandson. And then they came over to the apartment and how the medium basically conjured her grandson. Mm. And, uh, she's like, and then Annie the whole time, she's like, I don't, mm -mm, this is she's like like, totally a non-believer. Totally. Like, what have I gotten myself into? Like shit. Yeah. And she's like, I know you don't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. I didn't believe it. And she's like, but this is real. And she's like, what are you doing right now? And she's like, oh, I'm just shopping. And she's like, How, do you want to come over? And she's like, please, Annie, it would mean everything if you came. And it's like, oh God. Then so then you get those. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you get this seance scene, which I think is really cool. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. good. Cause it's like the way that Joan is freaking out and so happy and doesn't think that this is fucking insane. And then the way that Annie is reacting, like she's so uncomfortable and so freaked out. She can literally cannot wait to leave. And you see like her blowing her hair. Well, and I love that shot when, um, so like first she's like talking to first, she's like talking to Joan and Joan's like, just put your hand on the glass. Don't add pressure. And uh, she's trying to, she's trying to contact her grandson. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. the glass moves. And she's like, hi, Louie. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, oh my God. She's like, what is going on? And then with the chalkboard, like you were saying earlier, oh. that was cool. But yeah, the chalk, oh my God. Well, I love that one shot where she like uh, goes to look under the table and you mm-hmm. think that when she sits back up, there's going to be something like standing Yeah, and there her. isn't, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. And uh, yeah, the whole the whole chalkboard thing is cool, especially when you find out that it was all practical. Cause I know, I, yeah. I was like, maybe it's CGI. Maybe they like, I don't know. But I was like, that's really cool Mm -hmm. that they did that. Like just on the fly that day with practical effects. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. Mm. And then, well, and I love how (laughs) when it's spelling out, I love you, grandma. And then she's like, oh, I love you too, Louie. And then, and then Annie's like, can we stop? And Joan's just like, what? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, no, like we're going. (laughs) She gets angry for a second, but then I think she reigns it in when mm. she realizes that she still needs to charm Annie because at first she you can tell like Joan is really annoyed that she wants mm-hmm. to stop. Cause she's like, mm-hmm. what? And then she's like, Oh, Oh, we're going to stop just for a second, but don't, don't worry. Louie will be right back. Yeah. I, I find that interesting that she like, mm. yeah, that was good. And then the way that um, Annie left was so spot on. She's just like, Oh, stop touching me. Like I need to leave. Like I have to go. Yeah. Well, just then- probably how anyone would react in that situation, you know? Well, and the fact that Annie doesn't find it sketchy that she gives her like this like spell thing. Oh yeah, with the candle too. With the candle, and she she's just very specific. Like she's like everybody has to be in the house. Your husband, your son, everyone. Very important. And it's like, but why though? Yeah, but why though? That's interesting. Like I would be if I was Annie, I'd be a little more suspicious than that. Yeah, but, you know. But I think she just wanted to get out of there so fast. She was willing to listen to whatever she was telling her. She's just like, okay, okay, all right, all right, I got my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my satanic ritual. <laughs> Here, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> well, oh my God, in this scene when she's driving home, this was the biggest jump scare for me. This literally made the whole theater like. <gasps> oh, when she clicked, right? Yeah, because yeah. she's driving and you just hear like the, oh, it's so, uh. <gasps> 
so good. So scary. I just remember like jumping, almost jumping out of my skin because you weren't expecting it. Yeah, no, especially in that scene. And she hadn't like seanced Charlie yet. So Mm. so good. So effective. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then I love this next scene because this is the scene where Annie wakes up and she sees the ants crawling over over the place, which I'm like, oh, if I saw oh. ants crawling on my bed and all over the floor and yeah, on the no. walls, I would freak the fuck out. Like I can't mm-hmm. do bugs. Mm-hmm. And so like she follows like basically it's like a <laughs> a line of ants like leading into Peter's room, and she sees Peter and he's just like his whole face is just being devoured by ants and it's so oh. creepy. Like they're coming out of his mouth and out his nose and um she's just sitting there and all of a sudden you hear him go like mom. Cause she's like basically sleepwalking, mm-hmm. which I love. This whole scene is so genius because it makes. And was you... this the one where she woke up from the sleepwalking and he wasn't really even awake and they were like covered in paint thinner again? Yep. Was that that one? Yes. Okay. Yep. So it's like a dream within a dream. So it's really dream smart. within a dream. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I love the reaction of people whenever I watch this movie with people that haven't seen it because um, I love when she's like, is Charlie here? And he's like, are you, why are you scared of me? Oh, and then yeah. she's basically like, I never wanted to be your mother. Like everybody always bone chilling. And then she was like, look, I can't believe I said that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's scary because like, I've had dreams where, um, I don't know where I've said things that I guess have been like on the inside that I've never said, you know, have you ever had those dreams where you just like express everything you want to say to somebody like that's Mm -hmm. so realistic to me. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I've had dreams like that where I've just like, said everything that I wanted to say to somebody <laughs> whether it's good or bad I don't know <laughs> right and like how you said that her sleepwalking is probably her subconscious so subconsciously she obviously probably would want to say this to him but would never actually say it because she's like yeah. I love you so much like I'm so glad that nothing that it didn't work and I was able to have you but then she's like I never wanted to be your mother it's very confusing it just mixes the dynamic of the relationship even deeper yeah of how she never even from when he was born she never really even wanted him yeah because she talks about how she tried everything <laughs> that they told her not to do because she didn't want to have him and she's like but it didn't work and she's like I'm happy it didn't work <laughs> it's like so backhanded it's like I'm happy I didn't abort you but, but I wanted to but I wanted to <laughs> yeah and then like you get that shot of him like crying and then it cuts back to her and she's like soaking wet and then it cuts back Mm -hmm. to him and he's soaking wet and then she lights the match and then she wakes up again and that Mm -hmm. whole scene was just chilling to me I was like oh I didn't like that yeah so well done that was so good the dream within a dream you're right that was so good oh so good Mm -hmm. and then this is the scene where you get the second seance at the house with Peter and Steve yeah (gasps) oh my gosh and Steve is so frustrating in the scene because it's like he knows that it's crazy but like in the moment you kind of want to like go with it and be like okay like it's gonna work like I want Annie to show you guys but Steve is so refusal it's just like Ugh. but then again that's their relationship again right like, like he's, he's forcing stubborn. him to do it like it's just well you could tell he's just like oh for fuck's sake because she's yeah, like, he's like what is this woman doing <laughs> he's like it's freezing why is the window open <laughs> and she's like no don't do anything I don't want to change it and she's like <laughs> she's like okay because oh, she's like just trust me and he just stands there and she's like fine we can do it over here then and she just moves yeah. the table, Pulls the table. right <laughs> after she says she doesn't want to change anything she fucking moves the table anyway yeah oh yeah that's true actually <laughs> and i so, didn't like the way that alex well peter sorry the way that peter i feel like peter could have done better in this scene 
I think he does really good up until the very end of it. Up until the very end. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Like, but I, I like mommy. I also hate when he says mommy. Oh, like, me why too. did they have to do that? It's so childish. <laughs> me too. I hate you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to come up with, um, pl- I'll try to play devil's advocate with that later when we get to that part. Cause I, I, I think there might be a reason for why they did it, but I'll explain it a little bit later, but I still okay. hate it regardless. Okay. Yep. Still hate it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play devil's advocate for the people that don't mind it, but I don't right. like it personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you get the, the scene where like the glass moves and she's like, Oh, thank you, Charlie. That was so good. And like, this is when they're like fighting over. Cause he's like, no, we're done. And she's like, no, I, I wrote this. Uh, I saw this manifested on the page. I watched it with my own eyes. And he's like, this is enough. Like I'm done. And then right. all of a sudden, like the cabinet behind them breaks, like it shatters. Mm-hmm. And then the flame from the candle, like just <laughs> blows up. And then I like how the first time I watched this, this is just another way of like him being really subtle about stuff. I was focused on like the candle. So you don't notice that Annie is like being taken over. Cause you right, see her, that you like, can hear it. She's like, <gasps> and then, then you pan to her. Cause she's making that weird growling like, noise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, then you're like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah. And then she snaps awake and she's like, hello. <gasps> Mom. Oh, it's so creepy. Cause she's like basically talking in Charlie's voice and it's yeah. so creepy. And I think Alex Wolf does really good right here where he's like, he does, I don't like yeah. this. And he's like, fucking stop, make it fucking stop. Like, I think he does really good right there. But mm-hmm. after that's not good. <laughs> yeah. And then she keeps talking and she's keeps, she's like, oh, mommy, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And Steve throws the water on her. Amazing. Totally snaps out of it. She's like, what? Like, what happened? What are you so doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally like, why are you throwing water on me? <laughs> As if she wasn't just possessed by her daughter for a hot second right and then yeah. like she's like what happened and then peter's like <laughs> I yeah hate i hate it oh my gosh he's like a little baby oh god <laughs> so well okay to play devil's advocate here i think it was a character choice and like a choice a conscious choice because when peter gets scared he's never had that like motherly affection from annie so yeah. maybe like when he gets scared, it's like he like all he wants in that moment is to like have her protect him and mm. keep him. So he's like mommy, like he says mommy because it's like being babied a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Like it's like a, I don't know, like a comfort thing. I don't mm. know. Yeah. But I hate it. I don't like it. Yeah, I still hate it. <laughs> Not a fan. I don't I'm support it. So <laughs> but then this is when shit really starts to get real. Cause mm-hmm. uh it, and it really does that really cool shot of Peter sitting on his bed. And then all of a sudden it just like cuts to the classroom. Mm-hmm. So cool looking. Yeah. It's so good. Oh. Yeah. And then he's sitting there and um, he basically looks in the reflection and this would freak me the fuck out. I'd be like, what? Yeah. The- it's the smile again. So sinister. And you see the orb like go around the room again. And he's like, what the fuck? What was that? And then he just looks over and he's grinning at himself, but he's not grinning. It's just a reflection. And he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you hear like the click sound again. He like stands yes. up and he's like, he's like, uh, Peter, are you okay? He's like, yeah. uh, I just need to use the bathroom. He's like, okay, just take the pass. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that's when Steve calls Annie because she's working on. And did you notice that she's working on the funeral home miniature? It's the funeral from the opening scene. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the miniature that she's working on is the replica of the funeral home that they're Mm -hmm. in when they do when from the opening scene, because you can see in the background, you can see the little pew that she was standing at and all the chairs. Oh, yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Little little things that you notice when you watch this movie over and over like I have. <laughs> yeah, right. I know that was only my second time watching it. Maybe once I get to like five or six, I'll pick up on <laughs> Yeah, maybe get to like 50 like me. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is this is another example of how I feel like they're all just gaslighting her because she's working on the, you know, she's working on the miniature. Steve calls and he's like, guess who just called me in utter hysterics? And she's like, Charlie? And he's like, what? Yeah, and she's like, like what? Yeah. And he's like, Peter just called me terrified, uh, scared that something's he's being attacked by a vengeful spirit yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's like, why does he feel like he's being threatened? And he's like, listen, Annie, I have a son to protect. And she's like, what does that mean? And of and course it, they're fighting about it. Naturally. Yeah. And of course he hangs up. And so mm-hmm. she calls him back and she's like, don't hang up on me again. I am not sleepwalking. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm not sleepwalking anymore. Do you understand? And she just hangs up. <laughs> And, and then, then you're right, the gallery calls right after when she's so mad already. It's almost like they, it's almost like it's planned. Like it's yeah. almost like it perfectly planned because it's like, mm-hmm. I swear to God, somebody's in that house probably listening to this conversation is like, okay, do it now. Like, right. right. Yeah. It, very interesting. Part yeah. Cause it's like really right after that whole like meltdown with her and Steve, the, the mm-hmm. gallery calls and you kind of get like that slow zoom in while she's like working on that chair. Mm-hmm. and did you and know then, that oh, yeah. she breaks yeah. it mm-hmm. yep well and Ari Aster is the one that voices the guy from the Archer Gallery oh really yeah oh that's nice I like that yeah that was a fun little tidbit that I uh yeah. researched when I was uh looking at fun facts on this movie I was like oh that's mm-hmm. cool he uh did I the voice that. for that yeah well and you can tell when you know that too like when I listened to it after or when I watched the movie last night after knowing that I was like oh, okay yeah that definitely sounds oh, like Ari yeah, Aster oh yeah true yeah you're like that's <laughs> like him oh I love that yeah. And then she just like fucking goes to town on that funeral home scene. Like she just yeah. basically just like pounds it to shit. Mm-hmm. And I love how when Steve comes home, he's like the first thing he says when he walks through the door, he's like, what is that smell? Cause it's like, oh. he can smell something. Oh yeah. What was that? Was it the paint? No, I'm pretty sure it's the, the attic. Oh, the attic. Yeah. <sighs> yes. That's true. He's like, yeah. What's that smell? <gasps> oh yes. Yeah. But he doesn't investigate it. Because he's no. so passive. He's just yeah. like, oh, it smells like a dead body in here. That's normal. Okay. That's normal. I won't, I won't <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I'm used to it. It's fine. <laughs> but then he walks into like the, the art room, the craft room, and it's basically just destroyed. It's in shambles. Like she's basically mm-hmm. destroyed everything in there. And he's like, what happened? And she's like, I didn't want to look at it anymore. Because she's like sitting on the floor and like amongst all the destruction. And then like you she see. worked on for months. And then you see that he looks over at the, the scene of the house and it's Peter's bedroom, except Peter's laying on the bed without a head. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And it's kind of foreshadowing a scene coming mm-hmm. up pretty soon. Comes up pretty soon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then this is like another example of why Steve is like just so passive and not willing to accept what's going on. Because directly after that, you see him like sitting on the couch and he basically pops like two sleeping pills in his mouth and just passes out on the couch. Mm-hmm. And then Annie is going upstairs and you see like the paper like the the notebook that charlie was writing and it's basically flipping open and writing on itself writing Mm -hmm. on its own yeah which is really cool (laughs) yeah and it was all pictures of peter right yeah you find that out and you find that out a little bit later too yeah Yeah, um yeah yeah and then this whole scene with peter is really 
Mm -hmm. Scary. And which one is this? It's the scene where he sees Charlie standing in the corner. Oh, yes. That's really scary. Very unsettling. Because she's just standing there and all of a sudden her head just like falls off. And and rolls and it's just the ball. And he's Mm. like, what the fuck? Mm. And then laying down the bed and that's when the, that's Mm. when he tries to pull his head off. Yep. That's because like the dog's like growling. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see like hands come and grab him and like pull his head back. And then all of a sudden you hear like the dog, like the door slams and you hear the dog like squeal, but then it cuts to, um, it cuts down to Steve and he's like passed out on the couch. Like he's so, <laughs> he's taken way too many yeah. sleeping pills. So he doesn't he's even wake up through any of this, yeah. mm-hmm. which is an issue because if he would have been awake, he would have seen what would have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have seen when he, and then he would probably believed her. Right, but he's exactly. like he he just happens to conveniently miss all these like <laughs> all these little details that he would have been able to trust Annie with but of course he's just so passive and so checked out he's just like I'm done yeah he's like I refuse to mm-hmm. participate in this uh fucking fun house any longer <laughs> <laughs> and that was so interesting when she tried to burn it and it was her oh yeah 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 like it's attached I wasn't to her expecting that yeah I really wasn't I guess it makes sense because I guess Charlie, Charlie basically did possess her for hot sec. So she's like, now I'm totally connected to you and you have to deal with the consequences. Yep. You're Mm -hmm. fucked at this point. Like you basically are (laughs) (laughs) F-U-C-K-E-D. But uh, yeah, I love how um, he's like, you tried to pull my head off and she's like, no, I didn't. I just came in. You were screaming. And he's, Mm -hmm. and then she's like, don't tell your dad any of this. Yeah. And she's like, I know I'm the only one that can stop this. And so that's when she goes up to the paper and you see that all the pages are of Peter and it's like mm-hmm. him, like screaming basically and crying. And so she goes to, yeah, what you were saying before she goes to try to throw it in the fire and her sleeve starts catching on fire. Mm-hmm. And like the exact spot, it's like the spine of the book catches on fire. It's the same exact way. And then she's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, what's happening? <laughs> Pulls it know- out of the fire. She's like, okay, we're done. It's, uh, it, there's nothing we can do now. Yeah, it's, uh... And that's when you that's when I think she truly figured like realizes that she's fucked like yeah, she's like she- what did I do yeah yeah and then it like uh it cuts to the next day and Peter's getting ready for school or he leaves for school and you see like Annie just like peeking out through the <laughs> crack in the door which is kind of weird yeah like, it's creepy he like knows that there's someone in there but not really he kind of brushes it off and she's yeah. just standing there it's creepy it is creepy it's like why is she staring at him you know. okay you do you girl and then this is when she goes back to joan's apartment and it does that really cool like camera shot of her walking down the hall yeah i love that it like makes you dizzy almost it's really good they do something like that similar in midsummer too when they're driving to the the festival oh yes so Mm -hmm. cool Uh, the the camera tricks that he like plays in this film are so good like Mm -hmm. it reminds me so much of um oh james wan like there's so many like camera tricks oh, yes. that remind me of a lot mm-hmm. of like the stuff that James Wan does, except he like puts a little bit of twist on it. Mm-hmm. Like he makes it his own type of look. Um, right, right. So I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little, but, it's a little details that make a film so much better. Oh, it's like the extra, the extra stuff that they do actually matters, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is the scene where you realize that Joan's in on it too because she's like banging on the door and it shows like Joan's apartment and there's just candles all over. And then there's a picture of Peter 
Yes, the- right in the middle of that, like the same shape that was on um the grandmother's bedroom floor. Yep. And then there's like all of Charlie's like there's a bunch of Charlie's little trinkets scattered around it too. Yeah. And then uh, this is when Peter's at school and he's like eating lunch and you kind of like, I love how it's like really subtle at first. You don't hear it at first, but you hear her like someone calling his name mm-hmm. and then he looks at across the street and it's Joan and she's like, I expel you. <laughs> and then she's like, and he's just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. He's like, who is a strange woman? And why is she yelling at me? <laughs> and why does nobody else hear her yelling at me? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. weird. Cause she's like, satinay, <laughs> dagonay. <laughs> And nobody like hears her. And the way that the camera kind of pans with the way that he's looking, you're expecting when you come back to her to see something crazy and it's her. Yeah. 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 It's it, well, it's really cool. Cause as soon as she says, get out, that's when it does that. Cause he's like, Whoa. And then he looks to the, yeah. It's so crazy. I, oh, I love this movie so much. And then it, and then it cuts back to Annie and she's like going up to like the, the craft room again. Mm-hmm. and i love that shot because it's like that wide shot where it's almost like she's walking through the dog the shot where the, it's tracking her as she's walking into the room because you see you see that the wall's not fully attached mm-hmm. um so it almost looks like a dollhouse like she's walking through the dollhouse right and right it's really cool because it like follows her and she's like pulling up the the mats like she notices that the mat and all the mats have like the symbol on it too and everyone's name too oh my god yeah and then she realizes that, oh shit, she's made one for Joan too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, starts, honestly, with this scene though, I was kind of thinking about this. I don't know why, but I feel like it could have been more eerie. I don't know why I didn't feel yeah. like it was eerie enough, like the discovering of all of it. I think, I don't know. I think because maybe we just like expected it so much that I wasn't that creeped out by it. So that's probably why. And I guess there's not really much that you can do about it. But yeah. I just feel like sometimes in like discovery scenes like this, you're always like, oh my God. But then like, we didn't really have that aspect. So that's kind of why I was a little iffy on it. But I guess it makes sense because we kind of already knew, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's like the one thing about this movie where I feel like they were trying to not make it seem obvious that Joan was in on this. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I was, I thought it was obvious from the beginning. Yeah, yeah like, it was very obvious. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I feel like they kind of, they didn't really succeed very well if that's what they were trying to do. But mm-hmm. I mean, still, Neither. even then, it's still a good fucking movie. So, yeah, still good. <laughs> Don't want to nitpick it too much. But yeah, <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. I feel like the scene could have been a lot more suspenseful. But mm-hmm. I like that you fully learned that the grandma has been on it all this whole time. And like, right. Um, and those going- pictures are so creepy. She's like so happy, like getting raining and gold coins. I'm like, girl, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And then you see the picture of the family in the living room yes and they're like worshiping it kind of like probably putting a spell on it oh my god so like now you like then you know that like this has been a thing that's been long in the making and you know it's interesting because i don't know if i brought this up before but during her that therapy scene when she's talking to all the people in the group it she when she's talking about her dad and her her brother it's like her grandma was doing this even back then Mm-hmm. Like her mom was doing this even back then, trying to get put something inside her brother too. Right. And probably her father. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, that's why her father lost his mind. That's why her brother killed himself. It's like, her mom is just fucking crazy. Yeah. Her mom is literally bananas. <sighs> and then, yeah, you and then you realize that her and Joan are friends. Yes. Oh my gosh. Those pictures. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. So happy and smiling so much. It's so creepy. Yep. And then, and this is when you realize that, um, Peter is the intended 
victim for this because you find out that payment because she look, look is looking through the book and it's saying payment um can only manifest himself in like a, a male host oh yes you're right and it's yeah. highlighted in the book yeah, yeah yeah and so that's when you realize oh shit peter's in trouble coming for peter yeah <laughs> and then is this when she goes up into the attic or does it cut to the school first um it cuts to the school because it cuts to well, peter yeah. walking down the hallway to go back to class and you see like the the thing of oh, light yeah. go by him again and then it goes into the doorway of the classroom and then the teacher sees him and he's like yeah he's like come on let's go yeah yeah and then it cuts to steve in his office and he's like starting to type out an email because he's like i think annie's on the verge of a mental breakdown or something like yeah, that he's was, he was emailing the gallery right i mm-hmm. think I, well i don't know if it was the it might have been the gallery it i don't know i i'll have to check again but yeah i'm pretty sure he was yeah i'm pretty sure he was just saying that she was like having a mental breakdown and um and then it cuts back to uh well now it goes back to annie and peter it keeps going back and forth between them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so annie like basically takes the the thing to the attic door and opens Mm -hmm. it and so she goes up there and you find out that this whole time the mom's body has been up there nana has been up there for a long beheaded time. <laughs> and what's interesting about this scene is that i have that attic uh, in my hallway right now i won't open the door so yeah i have <laughs> that attic and i've always been afraid of my attic um my attic and my basement do you guys have like typical like concrete basements oh yeah in utah yeah I remember yeah. somebody had told me that was like a new england basement thing but i was always afraid of my basement and then i was always afraid of my attic because my mom had always told my parents were always like oh don't go up there like because like christmas presents were up there yeah like, oh, don't go up there like it's gross up there like there's bugs whatever and for some reason they got me to not want to go up there so much that i was genuinely afraid of it and whenever they would go my parents would go up there i would literally be like oh my god what's gonna happen up there and now i've i've literally only been in my attic like twice in my whole life even as an adult it's like a core memory that i'm like the attic is scary the attic <laughs> is not a fun place and like yeah getting the stairs down is just like it's so interesting how it's like that fear-based yeah can be like it's just so funny and then all the bugs come out but she still goes up there yeah yeah Ugh. <laughs> and, then her, and then her grandma's body's just laying there headless like basically headless. rotting and she's got like this line of I, I don't know if it's like a circle of salt or something oh, it looks yeah. like a salt circle or something and then you see the symbol painted in blood above her too mm-hmm. and um and this is when all hell breaks loose. Yep. This is when Peter's in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love how his hand just shoots up. It's like, <laughs> I know. he's like, yeah, Peter. And then he's like, what, are you okay? Oh my gosh. Yeah. This scene is crazy. His eyelid is like flipped a little bit. Oh my gosh. And he's like, he like clicks. So that means like the, the, oh, yeah, which I'm guessing, which I'm guessing why um, Charlie makes that clicking noise is maybe it's payment. Oh, because yeah. I know because the reason why Charlie's so messed up is I'm pretty sure payment is in possession of her body at the time. Yes, Cause, that's true. Because that light that you always see is is payment going back it's and forth payment. between person to person. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's why she makes the clicking noise. So like when Char- oh, when, uh Peter starts making it like that's how you know that he's kind of possessed by payment at the moment, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he like slams. Oh, he's just slams his face against the desk like a couple times. That's crazy. Yeah. So good. Uh, apparently he wanted to break his nose for oh. which no thanks i'm not that dedicated sorry no. No, 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 no. <laughs> not gonna break my own nose for a fucking movie sorry about mm-hmm. 
But uh, I love how when it pans to like the full classroom, you see the one kid like filming it on his cell phone. <laughs> <Filming> it. <laughs> his donor friend is like, bro, you okay? Like, he's, he's like, what are you doing? So concerned, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then this is when um, you get that shot of Annie just basically standing outside in the rain next mm-hmm. to the tree house it's like why aren't why are you standing outside just go in the house yeah. i guess i mean i guess you wouldn't want to be in there with that, her mom's um, dead body but yeah holding that photo album too right yeah like yeah <laughs> and then this is when steve goes and picks uh peter oh, yeah. up from the mm-hmm. from school and like this is the scene where he breaks down in the car because he's driving and he almost runs a red light so he stops and then like this is when you realize that his character has just hit his breaking point where he's just mm-hmm realize that he can't go on pretending like everything's fine which is why he's basically been just going through this movie like nothing's wrong and everything's fine everything will work itself out and now i think he's realizing fuck like we're in quite a predicament (laughs) he's like and what he had said before i have to protect my son now he's like oh fuck i really have to take care of this because my son broke his own fucking nose at school today because now he's starting to realize that annie's fucking out of her mind basically yeah out of her mind and then when they come home is interesting the way that she reacts to him like she's obviously she's so consumed with finding her mother's dead body in the attic but and she like she reacts to him breaking his nose very slightly and then she kind of just moves on it's like steve i have to tell you something yeah yeah like she's not concerned that she's dragging her limp son into bed just puts him in bed and she's like okay i have to show you something else yeah well i mean she's she is concerned for peter in the scene but it's like <laughs> she like goes from one second to being like horrified of what she's seen with her son i know i love when she's like running by the car she's like what happened what happened to him (laughs) when i love how she's like and there's more and he's like oh like your mother's dead body because he basically tells her like her mom's up there and she's like i'm pretty sure it was her like her head but her head was gone and um and there's more and he's like oh well like your mother's dead body and then he goes up there and he's like, Jesus, fuck. She's like, yeah. he's like, did you call the police? And she's like, the police can't help us. And then, and then he's like, oh God, what have we done? Because once in a movie, once someone says that the police can't help or someone, you know, can't help, that it's like up to this whole thing, then it's just like, you're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but I love um, in this scene, when she's talking to Steve about how, when she's explaining everything to Steve, she completely ad-libbed this entire scene. Oh, really? Like she, um, she kind of went off the script a little bit, but she, uh, she talks about how in that scene, she didn't feel like she was genuine enough. Like she didn't feel like she was getting to that level. So she asked, she asked Ari asked her if she's like, can I just like go off of script here a little bit? And he's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. just so that whole scene from the moment that she's talking to, um, Steve in the hallway to where he, she accidentally burns him. Like Mm -hmm. that whole part was just completely her wow and that's just a testament to her fucking acting yeah Mm -hmm. the talent (laughs) the fact that she can just do a whole fucking scene just ad-libbing it and just Mm -hmm. adding things here and there and just Mm -hmm. it's insane like i'm just like oh my god especially her trying to connect with steve when they're about to burn she's like you are the love of my life it's just such unnatural affection that she's just doing anything that she can to get him to trust her yep and he just doesn't well, yeah, and that's the thing, because it's like you never see her get this emotionally invested in him ever mm-hmm. throughout the film. Like, it's just like quick little pecks here and there, you know. Yeah, and she grabs his face and gives him like a bigger kiss. It's interesting. Yeah, it's like now she knows that, you know, 
she's fucked <laughs> and yeah. if she you know and she knows that she's what she has to do to you know save her son basically so I'm, I'm curious though because then she covers it in light fluid lighter fluid she tells steve to go do it and she's like getting all prepped for him to do it but then he doesn't do it because he's like i'm not gonna do this with you anymore and he's like you are sick annie i need to call the police and then she takes the book and just throws it in herself but then it lights steve on fire fire. instead Mm -hmm. yeah and the other thing i found interesting i read another fact about that scene um they had to fireproof everything in that room (gasps) really for that scene yeah because he's like actually like legitimately on fire in that scene so when it shows like the wide shot of her watching him yeah had to fireproof that whole room so that it wouldn't light on fire oh my god yeah that's sweet (laughs) yeah i was like that's so cool but i'm curious as if steve would have been the one to throw it in if annie would have been the one if annie would have yeah yeah, because I was obviously expecting Annie to catch on fire because you, we oh, assumed yeah. that the book was still linked to her, but now I guess it's not. I don't really know. Technically, it's not. I don't know. I don't but know. maybe she. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I actually don't know why Steve got lit on fire. Maybe because he wasn't believing the whole thing in payment or whoever Charlie was like, "Nah, fuck him. He's got to go. He's gonna ruin it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to call the police. Nope, can't have nope. that. Yeah. Can't have that. <laughs> Well, then, in, and then it, this after this, when all, all the shit goes down, it's just like, oh, it's just like the whole scene until the end. You're just like, what is happening? Like, shit. Yeah. Well, and um, I love how Annie's like standing there and she's like completely horrified at first. And then you see like the line, like the line of light go across her and she's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. It's just totally takes it out of her. And she's like, all right, go, Tan. Yep. Yep. Well, and then it shuts, it cuts to that exterior shot of the house during the day. And then it just cuts tonight. And did you notice oh, all yeah. the people, all the cult members <gasps> standing around the house? All the naked people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so scary. Well, and the thing that I love about these exterior shots is that they almost look like they're miniatures themselves. Like they don't look real. Like they yeah. look like the camera. It looks like the camera was filming like a miniature. Yeah. And like all those people standing around the house they're were like, just like miniature, like miniatures. People. Yeah really cool the way he does that really cool yeah um i remember the first time i saw the scene in the theater and i wish um this is why i don't drink very much when i go to the theater like drink liquid because <laughs> did you have to pee oh my god i had to pee so bad during the scene yeah but yeah i'm the same way i always have to pee so i never drink anything when i go to the movies because i'm like i can't miss anything yeah and i made that mistake i made that mistake of drinking the first time i went and saw this movie like i i had like a big soda and when the scene came out, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, I have to be so bad. So that's honestly the only thing I remember about this scene. The first time I watched it was I had to pee so bad. <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh, my bladder's going to explode. If you missed this, that would have been like, the movie would have been over. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So when I went and saw it the second time, I appreciated it a little bit more of the first time. I was like, oh my God, I'm like sitting there like suddenly rocking back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> but did you notice that she's like in the corner of the room when he wakes up? Oh my god! So creepy. And she like crawls midair. <gasps> that was so scary. Like I love how subtle it is, and it's just like dark enough that you can barely make her out. So it's like you can like catch her feet. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. That's like pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, and then you like just see her like basically all in the corner of the fucking room. Oh it's so creepy. And then oh, up in the corner. Oh my god! He just hears the creak and he knows. He's like, "Oh, what is about to happen to me?" yeah well first he's like he wakes up he like looks out the window and you you see like the the light the automatic light go on and you hear like feet like pattering across the and then when the light comes on that's when you see more of her in the corner 
and then it goes back off mm-hmm. and then when he goes to look she's cr- she just fucking crawls across the freaking room but oh my god this whole scene from beginning to end is just non-stop it's non-stop it- it's constant it's my favorite and the way i mean have we gotten to this part yet no we haven't got to this part yet oh okay <laughs> um, <laughs> but i love how like subtle like the music is how mm-hmm. it builds up and you like when he goes into his parents room and then you hear like the piano downstairs like you hear it like clang to the ground mm-hmm. so when he goes down you see that the piano's like tipped over and he's like walking into the living room and then you see basically his dad's like charred body like laying in front of the fireplace and like his arms are up and you just see his yeah mm-hmm. well and then he's like fuck like, what is happening well not only that but as he's walking towards it you see annie fucking in the on the in ceiling the in the car yes. uh-huh. like hover- that's when he hears it creak a little bit and then he's just like oh no like what is about to happen to me and he turns around and it's the guy from the beginning of the movie at the funeral the one that was smiling <laughs> smile. oh my gosh that was really that really scared me i was like <gasps> yeah i didn't like that and he's so naked I mean, if he was good looking, I wouldn't mind. I'd be like, oh, (laughs) no, he was creepy. (laughs) But you know, if you know, if he was, if he was hot, I'd be like, oh, I'm not scared. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. (laughs) This is nice. Um, But then, yeah, you hear like that thump and then he looks, he goes to look in the corner where Annie was, but then she fucking comes out of the corner of the living room and starts chasing after him yes oh my gosh that scared me too it was like right after another like he scares you and then she jump scares you and then they're just chasing each other oh it's so yeah. scary and then you get that cool shot of them like running down the hallway and he like mm-hmm. lifts up the the door to the attic and he's like in there and he's like mommy oh i hate it so much that mommy thing again i'm like oh my god <sighs> and you hear her banging on it and you think you like you don't realize like how she's banging on, and then it cuts to her and she's like upside down on the banging her fucking head on the attic think door it's her going like this but she's literally headbutting so scary yeah <laughs> oh and then this whole scene like is kind of gross because he's got like that line of drool just the whole oh, ew, yeah. time i'm like oh stop please <laughs> we hate that we hate it and then he stands up and um like in that one shot where he's like walking towards the grandma, you can see the people in the background. Did you notice that the second oh, time you yes. watched it? Like yeah, you very can... like in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Like you can see them. them, but you never notice it the first time you watch it, and you're like, shit, mm-hmm. that's scary. Mm-hmm. And then like his mom's body's gone, but like her imprint is still there. Like her. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see and like the picture of him. Still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and then his... you turn and you see. And this is the scene that was triggering for me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. You yep. I did. So, so it was when I was living in Colorado, the house that I told you that we had to get blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a nightmare once because we had like a big backyard in that, that house in Colorado. And we had like a, a concrete path that led to like the garage because the garage was separate. It was like a garage slash tool shed type of thing. Okay. It was really big though. Um, but I remember having a dream where I was going out there to get something. And it was one of those dreams where, you know, something's wrong, but you can't like stop from going to where you're going. And so like in this dream, I knew it was like something bad was going to happen. And I could hear like this thumping noise, like something thumping against the wall. And so I went in there and there was this guy hanging from the rafters in our garage and his feet were like swinging and he was like hitting the, the wall to the garage but he wasn't just hanging from a rope it was like barbed wire so every time every time he would swing it would cut deeper into his neck 
and like he was just like bleeding and he was smiling down at me too while he was it was and I remember like this is nine-year-old me having a dream like this fucking way Mm -hmm. and that's so similar to that scene the way that she's cutting (gasps) yeah yeah so first time I saw this the first time I saw this scene I was like I don't like that I had to like kind of look away it was like PTSD PTSD flashbacks for me it was a little triggering oh my gosh and also a nine-year-old having dreams like that that's really scary yeah that's nice wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) terrifying but yeah that's why that scene fucked me up Mm -hmm. the first time I watched it so much because I was just like oh this this is too real too real for me Mm -hmm. yeah but like yeah so like first you hear first you hear just the sound of it yes it's like that sounds so gross and then he like looks up and she's just basically hanging in midair like floating in midair and she's just mm-hmm. taking that piano wire i'm assuming she took from the piano that she tipped oh over. is that what it is uh-huh oh i see i got it yeah it's like piano wire and she's like just cutting her fucking head off and it's so it, first she's and like doing it slow. slow yeah and then she like speeds up and it's like splurting everywhere oh my god so gross it's so scary like uh, and then it like cuts to well, and then he hears like like a ting or something. It's like ting. And then he looks and there's like people standing in the corner. And so he just dives out the window. Fucking books it. He's like, I'm out. And then I'm assuming he dies when he jumps Yeah, out I'm going room. to assume he like broke his neck or something. Because like the yeah, way he right? landed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, but then like you see, well, you hear, you keep hearing her like cutting her head off. And then you hear the, the okay. head like fall to the ground and just <laughs> roll. Yeah, roll. And then you see the shadow of her like go over him oh and and float up into the mm -hmm. got it into the um whatever it's called the tree tree house house. yeah well and then you see like the light the the light thing go inside him oh yes go inside of him so then um that's when you know he's like fully possessed so he definitely died and then he fully possessed him oh yeah yeah so then he stands back up and he does like the clicking noise again and that's how you know that the demon is now inside him like so and then you see like all the other people like the cult people standing like in the trees like amongst the trees and you see the dead the dog's body too oh, like, yeah the dead dog like did you really have to kill the dog that was kind of overkill always kill the dog. i know it's just <laughs> so like that was a little overkill you didn't really have to yeah. kill the dog did you we just we forgot about the dog until this moment you yeah because they don't really show the dog again after the whole uh when it's growling at peter mm-hmm. in that one scene you don't really see it again after that i don't think Mm-mm. um and none of the family ever wonders where the dog went either. It's oh like, yeah, no, they never do. They never check on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they never do. And then what I like about the scene is that it was such like a slow burn kind of. Yeah. And it wasn't like this dramatic, huge ending. It was just like, this is how it is now. Yep. Well, and the music too. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing about Ari Aster films. It's just like these endings are so disturbing, mm-hmm. but the music is so celebratory. Like the music yeah. in this film, the music at the end of this movie is just like so like rejoiceful, and it's like mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be rejoicing because we just right. you know this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes up into the treehouse, and you see like all the people like basically kneeling, and mm-hmm. uh, you see the mom's body and the grandma's body, and then you see Charlie's head like yes. propped up on like this mannequin looking thing mm-hmm. and uh, it's got like the crown on its head and it's holding like a staff and like I guess the way the fingers are supposed to be it's like the opposite it's kind of like a um an upside down cross so like the oh. way the fingers are basically like um mocking the holy trinity basically so the yeah. way that yeah mm-hmm. and uh 
this is the scene that I'm talking about where he doesn't blink at all. Like where it shows like the close-up shot of him and yeah. Joan. Yeah, and you see Joan come up behind him and put the crown on his head. Mm. Like that's what what like a a minute and forty five second that's long. Good, yeah, scene. and he didn't blink the whole time. That's crazy. crazy. I'm like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> My eyes would be like. I know. I'd be burning up. <laughs> I'd be like, can we cut now? My eyes are on fire. <laughs> but she's basically telling him she's like, um, you are Payman one of mm-hmm. the eight kings of hell and uh she, and then she's like we uh we we now give you this healthy male host and uh then you get the shot of all of them like well you hear them all like hail payman yeah. hail payman <laughs> and then it just cuts and they're still hail payman oh my god yeah and you get that like far away shot where it looks like a miniature again mm-hmm. like, i love that mm-hmm. i love that so much it's like the so beginning cool. miniature on his room and then the end miniature on him being. Yep. Literally. So cool. Ugh, so good. And that's how it ends, guys. And that's how it ends. <laughs> that's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> what were you going to say, though? You said you wanted to bring something up. You were like, I'm jumping ahead. Oh, no. I was talking about when um, we hadn't got to the part where she was, Annie was up in the corner of the ceiling and Uh-oh. then she drops down and chases him. We hadn't gotten there yet. So I was like, I oh. love that. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we didn't miss that. Cause I know oh, you wanted yeah, to yeah, say yeah. something. So, but, uh, that's always so scary. I feel like something's chasing you and then it's Annie chasing you. My dog's back. Oh my gosh. Your dog's so chasing you. So many appearances. <laughs> so many. But yeah, so- I love that scene. Cause it's so scary. Cause you know how, when you're little and you run up the stairs and you feel yeah. like something's chasing you and, and you get that like story. little feeling where you're like, Ooh, where you yeah, tense like, up. Oh. <laughs> it's like run faster, faster. But this scene, it's like, actually happening and you're like oh i hate that it's so scary <laughs> um but yeah um any thoughts on this film before we get into the ratings it's just amazing it really is other than alex wolf saying mommy over and over and over again yeah and sobbing like a child i get it i get it but other than that it's just the I way he cries that really bugs me too it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i hate it <laughs> <laughs> other than that i loved it what about you i love this film mm-hmm. um just i went on a journey with this film that i was not expecting to go on like this this film surprised me from beginning to end aside from the whole joan subplot that i saw coming a mile away mm-hmm. i was not expecting like anything else in this film like this this whole film i went into it blind and went out of it like holy shit that was an experience. <laughs> we thought so. it was going to be about Charlie and realistically it really wasn't. So the way that he played that in the trailer teaser was amazing. Ugh, so freaking good. I love this film. I think it's, mm-hmm. there's a reason why this film is considered a horror classic. So yes, exactly. <laughs> ugh, it's so good. Um, so we'll get into the ratings now. So story rating, quality rating, favorite scene, least favorite scene. And then we'll talk about whether we agree with the IMDb rating or not, or if we think it should be higher or lower. So I'll let you go first with the um, story and quality ratings. Okay. So story rating. Mm -hmm. I mean, so my problem with plot lines and storylines, I love action movies. Like I love the Marvel universe. I love superhero movies. I love like, even like the Revenant, that's kind of slow. I love action adventure movies. Yeah. So I tend to get bored very, very easily. And that's my own thing. So I did notice myself 
uh, very occasionally getting like a little bored with how slow it was, but then realistically, if it was meant to be a family drama turned into horror, it makes total and complete sense. Um, I don't know how it would have been vamped up and been more edgy and more suspenseful because then I feel like that kind of would have came off as a little tacky and more over the top, over the top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for that reason, for my personal, I give it for, I mean, I still give it like an eight or a nine for its story anyways, but that's just with me being more into like the up movies, just like that. I get a little, when it comes down to like a slow burn, I get a little bit bored, but I still think it's really great quality rating. It's a 10. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like beautiful. The like we talked about the dollhouses, the cinematography, yeah. the music. It's amazing. It's, it's a ten. Perfection. Yeah. What about um, you? For the story rating, I'm gonna give it a perfect ten, actually, because oh, okay. yeah, just because like of everything I said about being so surprised by this film, because like mm-hmm. just going into this film and with that um, what's the word? With that mindset of being like, okay, like I. F- I'm going to try to predict this film as it goes. I couldn't predict it. Like there were so many, there are so many twists and turns that this movie took. I mean, like I said, aside from the Joan twist that, you know, I was like, that's obvious, but obvious but necessary. Yeah. Other than that, I think the story was original. Um, I think it was really interesting the way he took a story about family drama and like family uh, grief, like the, the, the emotion of grief and just put it into the story. I think it's, Oh, adds so freaking much and yeah so 10 for me and then quality is also a 10 because this movie is just stunning the shots are beautiful Mm -hmm. the acting is 100 from everybody except you know the little parts with alex wolf but other than that yeah yeah, just little nitpicky things but (laughs) 100 100 for sure yeah so 10 for me because the the cinematography the lighting everything just Mm -hmm just a beautiful film i couldn't talk more high yeah chef's kiss (laughs) (laughs) so olivia uh favorite scene and least favorite scene okay favorite scene i have to say the entire final scene up from steve getting set on fire all the way to the end because it starts off so strong well it's like kind of slow into it and it's building it's building and then you get steve on fire chasing him up the stairs, running upstairs in the attic. So much is going on. And then after he jumps out and dies and gets repossessed, it's like that slow burn. Yeah. Back into- okay. This is what's happening. I thought it was so well done. And then when it pans out to looking at the dollhouse again, amazing. Oh, I love it. So good. And um, least favorite. What's my least favorite? I wrote it down. <laughs> there aren't a lot of least favorites. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> I think my least favorite would have to be oh yeah like we said like discover like when she puts the pieces together of who John is like it could have been better but realistically it could have made it tacky you know it was perfect but it still wasn't my favorite because it was kind of like we know we knew it anyways but yeah that's that's a good scene um I have to say that's probably my least favorite scene as well just Mm -hmm. because I agree with you on that. I, and I think maybe it was already because I came into it knowing that Joan wasn't on it in the first place. So I was like, okay, this doesn't surprise me. So uh, I'd already discovered this before she even discovered it kind of thing. Um, But my favorite scene, I would have to say the whole scene where Charlie gets killed. That whole scene just is like Mm -hmm. from, and not just when Charlie gets killed, but the whole like scene with um, Tony Collette where she's like just hysterical from mm-hmm. from that point to the funeral scene oh my god yeah 
that even that funeral scene is so good lowering it into the ground so good yeah well either and then i want to give an honorable mention to the dinner scene too because i love that scene so much Mm -hmm. that raw emotion was perfect oh so good (sighs) but uh yeah so imdb rating it's a 7.3 out of 10 do you agree with that you don't i don't either i would give it i would give it like a nine I was going to say it should be like a nine or like a 9.1 or a 9.2. Yeah. Yeah, Especially, I wonder what the tomato score is. I think the tomato score is like 89 maybe. Oh, it's really high. Yeah. 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 So IMDb did it dirty. Yeah. Fuck you, IMDb. (laughs) 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 Right. So we both agree that it should be higher for sure. It should be higher for sure. So I'm glad we agree on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So are you ready to get into the final part of this episode? Yes. Okay. And I was pre I was uh prefacing to you before we started this episode. I wanted to kind of do something a little bit different today. So normally mm-hmm. I do like the trivia thing where I quiz you on your hereditary knowledge, but I found this quiz online that I thought would be really fun because it's kind of one of those cheesy, you know, personality quizzes that you do on BuzzFeed. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like this uh this quiz will show you what Taylor Swift song is most like you or something like that. Right. Those are my, I'm like, oh, I want to know what Taylor Swift song I've got. <laughs> but uh, this is, um, this quiz is how would you die in hereditary? So um, I'm just going to ask you a series of questions and whatever questions you answer will determine how you die in this movie. So, okay. At this point, a simple possession sounds like a walk in the park. Let's play a fun game. It's called How Would You Die in the Mind Fuck That Is the Hereditary Universe. Answer some questions, sufficiently creep yourself out, and then find how find out how it all ends for you in 2018's most chaotic horror film. All right. So question number one, Olivia. Love it. Your friend reveals that they can talk to the dead. Do you join them in a seance? Uh, yes, why not? Couldn't hurt. Or no, I don't mess with demons. Oh, yes, why not? It couldn't hurt. It's my curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So choose a scary movie to watch. And it has The Grudge, It, Scream, or The Exorcist. Oh, I forgot about The Exorcist. So The Grudge, It, Scream, or The Exorcist. It. Perfect. Mm Your partner thinks your house is haunted. Do you believe them? Yes. Why would they lie? Or no, it's all in their head. Yes. Why would they lie? (laughs) I love these crazy. I know, right? (laughs) All right. What creeps you out the most? Things that go bump in the night, large groups of insects, or demon and ghost stories? I feel like things that go bump in the night, you never know what they're going to be. That would have been my answer too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you were to direct your own horror movie, what genre would you make it? Uh, horror comedy, highbrow artistic horror, teen horror, or classic horror? I feel like horror comedy. Okay. It's yeah. a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Choose an after school activity to participate in art club, debate team, sports, or SAT prep class. Oh boy. I'll have to just go with sports. Good choice. SAT prep class. That doesn't yeah. sound fun to you. No, thank oh. you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, are you an emotional person or calmer in nature? Um, you know, I'm a Pisces. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm emotional, but I think I, I tend to be somewhat calm. You know, that's my nursing part yeah. of me I to be calm, cool and collected most times. So I'm going to say calm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So you're cleaning out the attic. This is the last question, by the way. So we'll find out the results in a second. Um, so you're cleaning out the attic and some and come across some old things. What interests you the most? Old jewelry, an old diary, an old novel, an old novel, or an old guitar? An old diary. That's the one I would put too. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Calculating results. Okay. Oh my gosh. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. So you would be the victim of demonic possession. Um, you might be possessed and forced to harm yourself, or you might be killed and have your soul booted out for good. Either way, yikes. AKA, I'm Alex Wolf. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> yeah, AKA, you're Alex Wolf or freaking uh, Tony. Or Charlie. Yeah, or Charlie, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Oh, that's cute. I really like that. <laughs> that was a fun little twist on the whole trivia thing. So. I just saw that and I was like, I hope Olivia's okay with me switching it up a little bit today. Yes, you know me. Yeah. And you're going to be on more than once. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely true. quiz you next time you're on for sure. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I just kind of thought that quiz would be fun. So I like it. So um, did you have any final thoughts on Hereditary before mm -hmm. we end the episode? Episode's already over, even though it's been... I know. Almost like three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Yeah. It's going to be a long episode. It might be a two-parter, yeah. <laughs> but Hey, that's okay. <laughs> I figured the longer the episode, we have more to, information to get out. So exactly. It's true. So final thoughts, Ari Aster, he's a King. We love him. I cannot believe that this was his directorial debut. Me I thought either. that Midsommar was, he did amazing. So interesting that he flipped it from a family drama. Right to all of this heart. It's so good. The cast is perfect. I have no complaints whatsoever. Charlie's first role. That's amazing. It's Excuse insane. me. What's her name? Millie? Uh, Millie Shapiro. Yes. Millie Shapiro. Yeah. That's, she did amazing. She's so, such an interesting character. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. Uh, and I so love talking about it. I love digesting. I know. It's so much deeper now, you know? This was so fun. Like I, I could not have picked a better person to do this episode <laughs> with than you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And I knew we would have so much fun. And I knew we would literally talk for so long. Oh, yeah. It just makes sense. I even texted you beforehand. I was like, just expect for this episode to be long. Just, right. Uh, I know. I'm like, I'm prepped. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> just be prepared. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, did you want to plug in your Instagram page one more time before? Oh, we yeah. Go? So I am um, Watch with Olivia. Um, follow me. We have so much fun. Um, I post a bunch of random stuff on my stories. I post Tom Holland all the time. I love him. I post Alex Wolf, post my reviews. Like I said, it's mostly just stuff that I like. I don't usually post about stuff that I don't like. Um, we like to keep it positive. So watch with Olivia if you'd like to follow me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yes, please go follow her. She is amazing. Um, not just amazing at what she does, but amazing, beautiful person as well. So I love you to death. <laughs> so excited that you came on today. I had so much fun. Literally, like I said, I feel like I'm on a podcast with a famous person. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I cannot yeah. wait to come back on again. I know. I'm so excited. I love you. I love you so much. I had so much <sighs> fun. Me too. Um, but before I go, uh, before I plug in my podcast, I did want to um, share just a couple of things that I forgot to do on my last episode. So I had to make sure that I got them down this time. So... I wanted to all, uh, first of all, wish a podcast on Elm Street, a big congrats to winning the giveaway last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. Um, I was not expecting that many people to be involved with that. So that was really cool. Um, so yeah, congratulations to you guys. Um, their gifts are actually on their way right now. So 
awesome that's so exciting for them <laughs> i know so i'm hoping they get them like within the next week or so so hopefully and i also wanted to wish mark from a podcast on Alps Free, a very happy birthday because um, today is his birthday. We're recording on his birthday, actually. So by the time this episode is out, it'll be past his birthday. But I still wanted to give him a birthday shout out because um, like you, Olivia, he is a very dear friend to me as well. Um, he's been here for me so much this past year. I don't think I could have gotten through 2020 without him. So yeah, happy birthday, Mark. I love you to death, buddy. Happy birthday, Mark. I hope okay. you get a great day. You seem like a great friend. Hopefully I can meet you too. <laughs> oh, he's awesome. Yeah, well, I'll have to like get like a huge meetup arranged at some point once COVID yeah, is done know, and over COVID with. Right? Yeah, but um, yeah. So aside from that, um, you can find me at the We Love Horror Podcast. I'm on Instagram with the same name. Um, I do have a Twitter. I never use it, but you can follow me on there as well if you want to. Um, and then check me out on anywhere you guys stream your podcasts. Um, if you would be so kind as to leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing as well. So um, yeah, but with that being said, um, thank you again, Olivia, for coming on. I fucking adore you and love you to pieces. And this was so much fun. Thank you so much. I honestly had so much fun. This is, I'm so glad that we did it. Me too. Uh, perfect movie for it. Perfect person for it. You're the best. I love you so much. I love, love you too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, but uh, I hope you all are having a good week and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.